This reviewer discussion was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG after strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the works being covered here wouldn't exist. We fully support both the WGA and SAG-AFTRA in their fight for fair treatment and compensation against a system that continually denies them such. While a full boycott has not been called for, SAG-AFTRA has asked that everyone who does media about film and TV refrain from promoting struck content during this time. From what we can tell based on guidelines released, independent reviews do not constitute promotion of work but critical assessment of a work of art. Any praise we give to these works should be seen purely as praise for the artists, writers, and actors who created it. If anything, the praise is emphasizing that the writers, actors, and other artists deserve more compensation because they are who make these works and are subsequent discussions possible. Additionally, this recording was not made using any studio-provided screeners or material. Do not support any studios during the strike. Comic-Con! This is not a test. This is the Fake Nerd Podcast. It is currently 10.30 in the morning. What does the O and the 10 stand for? Oh my god, it is early and Ben Magnet is awake. We are rocking you all the way between the Hilton and the Marriott from the Gas Lab to the USS Midway. And it is back. It is here. We are not there. And one of us totally forgot it was happening this weekend. Good morning. I am Ben Magnet. I am one of your hosts here on the Fake Nerd Podcast, episode 337. It is another comic-con episode and of course i am joined by my bros brandon t mcclure for those counting this is actually episode two no or that or no no <laughs> no, no. sparks witty uh yes we're here live ben as you can see cosplayers bound. Oh, oh they are all standing completely still in the very hot san diego sun and of course that is because they're professionals Miss- ben they're professional yeah they are professionals. They are going to stand completely still for the next two hours. And t- hanging out with us, as always, Mr. Ryan Iliopoulos himself. Hello. You can find me under the lights. Diamonds all up in my eyes. Clap, clap. <laughs> Hello, friends. Welcome to Comic-Con. Welcome. Indeed, we are back. This is uh, uh, um, a big old episode where we're going to talk about some Comic-Con. But before we get into that, let's talk about some links that are in the description. Huh? There's not a very was not a very big week for this for this uh channel i did not get the latest episode of of conversation out um on time it is delayed i am so sorry i were i try it was just a busy week um so the latest episode is still rachel strange from the narrative labyrinth please check that out if you haven't already and coming up this week i promise it will be this week will be dn dark uh, the full cast for dn dark yeah i'm part of that he is part of that ben is a returning guest um and Speaking of DN Dark, why don't we just go there, Ben? Yeah, why not? Actually, uh, you know what? I'm gonna actually I've decided I've decided <laughs> against it because I think we should probably oh. say right up top the strike links. There are plenty of strike oh. links if if you're watching the live stream or anything else. You heard the disclaimer uh, at the beginning of this episode, but there are links in the description. Uh, please check them out for where you can support the strike, where you can uh, find out why they're striking. Uh, SAG-AFTRA this week put out their list of demands that the, and what the AMPTP came back with um, like, Hey, a bigger lunch break. No. So um, uh, you can definitely check, please check that, check those out. It, it kind of puts it all into perspective that the AMPTP is pure evil. Um, so please check out those links. Please support the strikes where you can. Obviously we are in full support of both striking unions. And as uh, Sparks mentioned on our upcoming mission impossible episode, 
all unions currently striking or future striking. Yeah. Um, Hot labor summer, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> we will be talking about the strike a little bit later, but Ben, why don't you talk about D and dark episode 35? Yep. Yeah, so we all, so last episode of D and dark, all of the entire crew, we had our own little solo adventures in the fear in doing stuff in the ethereal plane. And actually, yeah, cause I wasn't here last week, so I wasn't able to talk about it. I was, I've, I'm part of a discord and I was just laughing because my little solo adventure, like Mary Frankenstein's solo adventure felt like the least traumatizing one out of everyone else. No, yeah. 100%. (laughs) Because I was, because my character just like went to the theater plane, saw Victor Frankenstein, essentially it was just like a ghostly, bye dad, bye dad. And then just went back and everyone else was dealing with trauma. Uh, Jack was dealing with Rainer and all this other, all this other hodgepodge of stuff. And then we finally get together in the ethereal plane and we're trying to get through the spooky sanitarium of the, or the, the spooky sanitarium inside the ethereal plane. And yeah, we, it's uh, b- bad times, bad vibes, as Carmilla would say. All those ghosts do not pass the vibe check. I want to just say that I have, I've listened to this week's episode and I, no spoilers from me, obviously, but um, I, I have been under the impression these past few weeks that you guys, you know, you've really come together as a group. You're really working together. And this episode just blew that out of the water um, with just like the most chaotic events that you guys have ever gone through. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are times where we work together amazingly as a team, the dice work in our favor. And there are other days that some of our party members, I'm not going to say who, but one of them does resemble beef jerky a little bit, chooses chaos. Well, it's not just that. That that one's happened, man. Props props to Phantom. He's always committed to the character. That's, yeah, that's true. That's what I love. That's what what Phantom should do. To do anything less would be inaccurate to who that character is. I'm pretty sure I've I've talked to him off camera, off uh, microphone. I think the last time we hung out during our little Christmas get-together was... I asked him if Will Wheaton has ever held his dice because his dice seemed to be cursed. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, he has the Will Wheaton dice curse. As we mention every week, please check out Dean Dark. Very good show put on by Dan- by Danger Dangers uh, with Ben Magnet as a part of. Um, linked below. So my CBR stuff is also linked below. Um, the, there's a, a the lowest rated Pixar films list came out. Surprise! There's only one rotten Pixar film, and that's Cars Two. As far as uh, Rotten Tomatoes are concerned, everything else is upwards of 70 and higher, um, which is pr- pretty good check record, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And um, although Cars 3 is the second from the lowest, I don't dis- I don't agree with that. I don't no, that. I don't agree with that either. Car- I will die on the hill that Cars 3 is a much better film that people make it out to be. Yeah, me too. I'll die on that hill with you. Y'all don't have to die uh, for a Cars movie. I'm sure it's great. Don't, you don't have to die for that I one. will. I will. Okay, maybe I won't. Maybe I won't die on the hill, but I'll definitely fight. Just like, get on the shot hill, in the shoulder sure. or something. Don't like. Don't go for the head. <laughs> just get. Just get. Get me wounded. Give me a purple Pixar heart. Get me in the. Uh, hit me in the headlights. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's uh, that's there. Of course, the fake nerds watch for Star Trek: Strange New Worlds episode five is there. Um. Big big week for Star Trek. Uh, we can't, I can't wait to talk about, it, including they dropped the uh, Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover days early. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited about that. But yeah, so episode five um, is in the description below. Halfway through the season, 
um, excited for the for the next half. And our Mission Impossible Cinephiles, our Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 Cinephiles is not currently in the description. It's not finished uploading by the time we're recording this. So uh, after this is done and when you are listening to this on, the, on, on your podcatcher of choice or watching this after the live stream, it'll be in the description. So please check it out. It's, we love that movie. Spoiler alert. Um, that's all the links in the description, though, however. So why don't we get started with our week? My turn. Uh, we, we've done this new system, so it'll, I'll just go right into my week, if that's cool. Dive into it, bro. Dive into it. Jump in. So Head first. I will talk about Digimon Adventure 2020, just kind of give you guys a, a quick little update on how I'm feeling about the show now that I'm 25-ish episodes in, I believe. Um, this is 67 episodes in total, so it's uh, about 10, 10 plus episodes longer than the original show. And it shouldn't be. It's kind of spinning its wheels. Mm. And I did not expect that. That's a bummer. It is a bummer. So the first arc, like the first arc in the original show, is Devamon. Um, mm-hmm. If you guys remember Devamon, big gangly vampire dude with the love long... Love him. Love him. And I think that Devamon is probably not the best remembered Digimon villain from that original show. Because Myotismon and Piedmon, I think, kind of... Uh, trump him yeah Mm -hmm. um but he's still a really good villain and he's a good first villain and the so the for those of you guys who don't remember who remember the first arc of digimon adventure the very first digimon series is they they learn how to how to team up with their with their with their digimon and then they digivolve they get all the digimon to digivolve into champion levels which is the level that devamon is at so that they can fight devamon then after that they do ultimates um, and then after that, only Ty and Matt get megas. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that emo. Look, I love him. Great design. Yeah. Um, iconic design. So here, uh, I realized we weren't done with the first arc. And yet the show is moving so fast and yet not progressing the plot very much. Mm. Because we've already met everyone's ultimates. And really? we, yeah, we, we, so everyone's got an ultimate and what it, what it did was it would do like one episode we're get first off the first two episodes introduce Omnimon. And I don't mean, I don't mind spoiling that because it's the first two episodes. Um, and that's the, the first time Ty and Matt meet that Omnimon shows up and it's really, and it's kind of insane. I'm like, Oh shit. Wow. We're doing this. Oh my God. And then but, it sets up this, uh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, cause Omnimon the first time I even knew about Omnimon's existence was the Digimon movie that came out in theaters. That's like, the only thing he showed ago. up in before Try. Yeah. Um, he was like the coolest. I mean, sexy Omnimon was like, the, that was the first ever DNA Digivolve, I think, too. Yes, it was retroactively made into a DNA Digivolve because of Adventure 2, but it wasn't originally supposed to be. Um, so so we were introduced to Omnimon. I'm like, oh, shit. Wow, we're really moving. Um, mm-hmm. And then... After that, they meet their Digimon, and then they were introduced, and then there's little arcs for every Digidestin and their Digimon to get to their champion level, and then they do that again to get to their ultimate levels. And I was like, okay, we're well, a little rep- rep- repetitive, but I really like watching these Digivolutions. It's really cool to see these characters progress like this. I'm really into this. But when are we going to really meet Devamon? And I'm really disappointed because Devamon doesn't get a lot to do he gets two episodes and he's killed do you do you think that this potentially could be 
uh, and this is just a close comparison I can think of, is something like an Ava rebuild where they're taking the original thing and then doing something different with it to mm. twist what you think is going to happen. I think they wanted it to be. Yeah. And then, and then a toy company got involved. That, that makes sense, yeah. So, because I think the beginning sets up a really interesting plotline, just background plot for this for the series. Again, no spoilers. This is the third episode. Um, it's introduced that these that there was a big war between the Dark Digimon and the Light Digimon, and in that war were the mega forms of what we learn are the Digidestined Digimon. So, um, so uh, uh, War Greymon, uh. Metal Gururumon, Metal Gururumon, and and the rest, the ones that we intru- we were introduced to in, in Try, um, all, all so all of them, and then Omnimon was in that war, uh, including like Angemon, Magna Angemon, and so like, and then it's and then Agumon and Gabumon, who have no memory of this, start crying because they have a deep seated memory of this fight that they died in, um, thousands of years ago, and through the Digi 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 uh, Digi World time. And I was like, that's really cool. But then they drop it and they never address it again. For now. And, and, I, and well, I, lo- I looked it up because I was like, we're really spinning our wheels here. What's, what happened? What happened was Bandai and COVID. Um, mm. COVID, prevent- COVID stopped production on Digimon Adventure. And then Bandai said, actually, we need this to just be about Tai and Agumon. No one else. And that really sucks. And I'm already mm-hmm. seeing that happen in this in this series as we're kind of dropping this whole idea. And then Devamon only gets like one one quick episode, and he's barely he's he would barely get any uh, sense of who he is as a villain and what he wants as a villain. There's the thing that made Digimon so interesting were the villains. They're all the villains had the same motivation of they want to destroy the real world and they want to take over the digital world. But they were all really cool and interesting and had vastly different personalities. And Devamon is just kind of like, and I'm just like, that's that's a bummer. Even if I remember correctly, the original four kids dub of Digimon, Devamon had some form of a personality. You are right. Every single every single Digimon villain, like I remember when I first met Edamon for when Edamon shows up for the first time, he was like the funniest, the funniest dude. He was a monkey impersonating Elvis. (laughs) Yeah, I love Edamon. Yeah. Um, and it's like, there's all like, that's the thing about Digimon is that you remember Piedmon and you remember Myotismon, uh, Venom Myotismon. Do you remember Machindramon, Seedramon. Oh, I love, you remember, you remember these villains and they're fun. And like, you can give the four kids dub crap all day, every day, which is crap they deserve, but they had their Digimon had wild personalities. Um, like every single one of them. God, Puppetmon. Puppetmon is so cool. God, I hated Puppetmon. I hated him so much. He's like the he's like the star scream to Piedmon's Megatron. Um, yeah, but Puppetmon was just like so creepy, you know how much he just bleh. he's like I want you to be my friends and bleh. I will say positives just to wrap it up because it is still good. It is still I still really like the animation. I I do like how they've they are doing some new things with the digi, with the digivolutions and. One thing, one new, one big new thing that I think is really cool is that the Digidestin are constantly involved in the fights, not looking at the fight happening between their Digimon. They are constantly riding their Digimon into battle. And I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. 
like uh watching Ty on 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 Greymon is really interesting but then when War Gray when he digivolves to War Greymon and Ty is just a little speck on top of War Greymon but it's <laughs> it's just it's just really nice to see because it gives the Digidestin more agency during the fights rather than just yelling and hoping that their Digimon can rally they're actually in the fight yeah it's not like Pokemon where it's like it's like a a, a contest it's like a battle yeah. like it's it's a little more mm-hmm. like high stakes when people battle yeah and it gives the humans a lot more agency because they're here saying like oh i want to help my friend this is a battle that my friend is in so i need to help them and mm-hmm. not just watch on the sidelines so i i actually really like that mm-hmm. so there's things i like there's things i don't like i'm i'm gonna continue with it and hopefully it ho- hopefully it pulls it off i'm, I'm ex- voice cast voice cast is still great by the way um Okay, uh, fi- last thing I'll say before I move into something we collectively did, which is I, I watched Joyride for the um, this week. Beep, beep. Um, which, and now I want to I want to preface because I have a I have a tendency to overhype things. I do not know uh, how other people are going to feel about this movie, uh, specifically you guys. Also, I can only say how I felt about the movie, um, and which is I adore it. I think it's incredibly funny. Um, it's got some of the most unhinged comedy scenes I've seen in a long time, a long time. This is, it's a fresh perspective with coming from, excuse me, different, um, a a different culture, um, heartwarming. Um, it's, uh, I was in stitches on the floor laughing for most of my theater experience. Luckily I had a good theater. Everyone was really into it. Um, I, I, I really, 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 really loved it. Um, and that's unfortunately all I can say because I, I don't want to spoil anything about this movie. Um, I just felt it was incredible and will most likely end up in my top 15s at the end of the year. Oh yeah. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, Ryan. Yeah. And Sam. So sparks. It doesn't matter. Your name's on the, on the website. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we all saw Barbie. It's true. I, I really, really, Wanted to have the true Barbara Hyper experience, but I work on weekends, so it was impossible. We have we have adult lives, and we're not allowed. Yeah, we were far <laughs> from Barbenheimer. Entry. Yeah, but I did get to see the movie that was half the length of the other one, so uh, I did see Barbie, which was incredible. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I I really I really liked it. It's very funny. There's some, there are some moments in it that they the the directions they take that I just didn't expect specifically in some of the dialogue um the marketing that made I, a lot of what the movie was actually about which is great yeah i, I remember think i remember turning i was like oh is this what the movie's about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh ryan gosling's been getting a lot of praise which rightfully he should as ken um i think all the kens are really great uh simu Liu, um gets probably the, the the most to do outside of ryan gosling as ken he's he's like there's a bad Ken phase, but he is like the quote unquote bad Ken of the of like he's the rival. Ken. Yeah, he's rival Ken. Yeah, if he had a if he had a name, yeah. it'd be rival Ken. Yeah. Uh, but I think you know Michael Sarah. I didn't expect to love him as much as Alan. Um, Michael Sarah's in this movie. Yeah, well, he, he's not. He's barely. He's barely he's featured in friend. any of them. All his clothes fit him. All of Ken's clothes fit him. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, only yeah. one Alan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <It's> great. <laughs> um, there's. Uh, but but Will Ferrell, uh, it was also really really surprisingly funny in this movie, especially like his motivations not being what I thought they were going to be. Yeah, um, really liked him. Yeah, uh, I, I want to ask 
I want to ask so many questions, but I'm seeing it tonight, oh, yeah. and Just I'm wait. really excited. Wait and have I'm your really questions answered. To see it. In terms of being a, this is a big blockbuster movie. Uh, this might be like honestly next to like the Matrix Revolution. No, what's the Resurrections? Like the kind of like the weirdest, most like you allowed this to get made kind of movie I've ever seen, because like, very, Mattel is very much involved with it, but it is still a movie that is that is very much about being a woman and being a man in the real world and what that means in today's world and every negative thing that comes with it and, and it's the like, expectations attached to gender identity absolutely and it is a very like it is a very like it's pretty it's like a, for a barbie movie it's it's really deep like it really tries to like do shit and it's really surprising and it's like like the fact that again that it even got made that it's like man this is like this really feels like an indie movie that like has Barbie slapped on it and it's because it's made by two indie people right. Noah Baumbach is one of the writers as well so like Greta Gerwig killed it and I'm like what is just what a weird movie man it's so weird and like it is so oh. existential and uh, and like just like and dark funny as shit. and and really funny and just absurd as sh like really absurd like SNL like s like it feels like an SNL skit like the best SNL skit ever made honestly um, <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's and 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 it's making a shit ton of money. Also, so is Oppenheimer. Like this is like the fourth highest grossing weekend of all time in, for movies. And I'm like, yeah, baby, movies are packed. They never went anywhere, but movies, right? <laughs> and, and all the music is great. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. Dua Lipa, my queen, lover. Ryan Gosling sings a bunch. Oh yeah, yes he does. Dude, he is a he is Knuff. He is Knuff. They, oh my god, I want I that mean, so bad. They they put they put uh, I'm just Ken, which is Ryan Gosling's kind of main song. It was online, and um, I didn't watch it. Um, Good, me neither. Because I want I wanted to watch the watch it in the film. But since it dropped on Spotify, I was like, yeah, this is on my rotation now. Yeah. Um, I I didn't even know Ryan Gosling was singing in this movie. I didn't even know there were musical numbers in yeah. this. I am I can, had you told me three or four years ago that I would be really excited to see a barbie movie i would have called you a liar yeah now i'm really excited to see this movie hey man, again lego movie just like you just need the right creative team and passion behind anything anything would be good like it's crazy yeah um yeah. this is the barbie is one of the best movies of the year i think i i i agree yeah, i would agree it's high up there yeah um yeah we had a great audience yeah it was really fun me too. so many people yeah. dressed up probably honestly the biggest like cosplay, cosplay like mm -hmm. the most cosplay of any movie i've ever been to in my life <laughs> a lot of ladies in pink you could just be like hi barbie I did. I yelled. I yelled. I barbed at people. And they were totally into it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, I had a packed theater, um, which was which was crazy because it was the most packed the theater has been for me in in weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I really really liked the really liked Barbie. Yeah, it's really it's really funny, and it is uh, just seeing all the all the shitty men who are like, "This movie is so woke," and I'm like, "Yeah, bro, it is. <laughs> Hell yep. yeah, it is. You are the I, point of the movie." <laughs> I wish I could once again, like I fall into the same problem with like Joyride. Like I want to like spotlight some favorite moments, but I don't want to spoil any of it because people should see this movie uh, as blind as they possibly can. Again, like ben is seeing it today, it's great. Yeah. The trailers did a really good job of like the movie is consistently funny throughout, but like not showing the best parts. And even if it did show some great moments, like you see everything in full context, it makes everything funnier. Um, it's just a really special. It's like a really special thing. Like it's really heartwarming and funny, and like and really makes you think about stuff. It's really great. Yeah. Uh, and everybody Ooh. in the cast is really well utilized. There's a lot of people who I thought was going to be more stunt casting, just kind of like you, because of the marketing. Like I thought you were just kind of going to see them as a different Barbie for a moment. Oh sure, but like they're they're actively part of the film. Oh yeah, there's a lot of Barbies yeah. who have a lot of screen time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. And there's a lot of really funny deep cut Barbies. Um, there's um, uh, a graphic. 
I didn't notice him. He's one of the Kens. Kingsley, and so is um, Kingsley Benadir. He's he's yeah. he's Ken's best friend. He might I want to say like everybody's he's, my favorite, but he has one of my favorite moments at the end. <laughs> he's, he's Ryan Gosling's Ken's best friend, yes. not Ken's best friend because that's Alan. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and, and Shudi Gatway, who is the four, upcoming fifteenth Doctor, is yeah. Simu Liu's Ken's best yeah. friend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, really, really good, really good movie. Highly recommend people go see it. Honestly, like if you. If you are listening to this, then you probably have similar taste to us. Like, you will enjoy Barbie. Like, go support this movie if you can, you know. It's a, it's a great weekend at the movies, whether you want to see this one or the other big movie coming out. Like, it's just it's a great time to go to the movies, man. So there's others. Mm-hmm. And Mission Impossible, uh, like, unfortunately, is underperforming now because two incredible movies came out the week after, which sucks. But, like, we're still getting the second Mission Impossible, so I'm not worried about it or anything. But, like, yeah. it's it's three weeks in a row. Like, it's a great, great summer. Loving it. I am. Um... I, I know I said this before, but I am just so excited to see this Barbie movie. Just, just from the reactions online. Thankfully, nothing major has been spoiled for me. But all the people online talking about how how great it is, all the people saying like I love seeing it. I mean, the jokes with Barbenheimer I think are hilarious. And honestly, I just can't wait. I am really happy I'm going to be giving this movie my money instead of another movie that's been coming out or that came out a while ago. Oh, don't even. That... There's no reason to bring it up. No. He's talking about yeah, Sound of Freedom. It, uh, I was gonna say the Wait, name. Why would you? Nope. Why would I you thought you would even think about saying that? Because <laughs> those, because someone at my work has been posting flyers saying go see that movie, and, and now I can't wait to post office. Get... <laughs> 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 now I'm not shocked. Uh, ben Ben brings up a good point though, like just in general of of being on the that outside perspective. I'm really impressed with how. There's a lot of conversation online about Barbie. There's a lot of people talking about it. And I haven't seen anybody give away what is actually happening in the movie. Oh, yeah. While mm-hmm. having those conversations about it. Like, everyone kind of knows, don't reveal it, because the marketing didn't. Yeah. And it's, it's just kind of unspoken that nobody's, like, out there saying exactly the thing that the movie's actually doing it about. Um, it's about Transformers. While... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Surprise! GI Joe and Transformers—they're both here. Barbie, um, Mattel, and Hasbro—they put away their rivalry and join yeah. forces. Yeah, yeah. Barbie—it's like Bobby, it, Bobby, Barbie, Optimus Prime. Yeah, yeah. No, they've done—they've done a—they've done, done a great job of uh, not giving it away. And I'm really impressed. I'm just—I'm impressed with the internet. Good job, everybody. Yeah. Ben, well, well done. There's a specific. Well there's a there's a specific cameo. I know we all love that. You all love. It's a merman. And you will love it. Mm. You will love it. Um, all right. All right. All right. Uh, Sparks, do you have anything else you want to bring up? No, I only saw Barbie. I did nothing else cool. this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, your turn then. All right. So obviously I did not see Barbie. I'm seeing it tonight. But I did watch two other things I wanted to highlight. One of them I have been watching. One of, And the other that uh, Brandon and I, we've also been watching, not together, but in the same vein. And the first one I will talk about briefly just because of how it made me feel. And that is Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> I have finished season two. I am four episodes into season three. And after finishing season two, I realized something. And I'm not, and when I say this, I'm not going, you know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. Star Wars Rebels somewhat reignited my love of Star Wars. It's good. I, I, it is so good. And it is truly a fa- I love every single character on that cast. I absolutely love. I think Hera is my favorite. Hera and Sabine are my favorites. Nice. 
yeah. to be i love i absolutely love him i will die for him i will be like captain Sindula, sign me up but even the story with ezra and kanan um i mean the show's been out for a while the season two finale with the darth vader ahsoka and um and the reveal of maul yes. was so good oh, yeah was just so fantastic Season two is where i really fell in love with star wars rebels um oh yeah for me personally and i uh had a similar reaction the first time i watched it like oh my god star wars is good like really good you guys yeah <laughs> and not to say that i lost my love of star wars no my love of star wars was already there but with all the extra ancillary material it was one of those things like there's so much more outside the movies that it's hard to keep track of it's like it's hard to watch it yeah. all because there's so much now, especially now with Disney Plus and all the other stuff we're getting. But in watching Rebels to get to get ready for the Ahsoka show, I am more excited to see Hera, to see Sabine, to see how their stories end in Rebels. So when we see him again in Ahsoka, I care more about them than I do Ahsoka Tano. Not to say that I don't like Ahsoka Tano. I really like Ahsoka Tano. I mostly just because of her stuff in rebels and the stuff i've seen of her in the cold wars which admittedly isn't much well, she's very good in rebels but, like don't like oh yeah Ahsoka, she... i think really i think dave filoni really fine-tunes ahsoka oh, in yeah. rebels i agree yeah i also i mean also i love captain rex old captain rex oh i love in, old captain rex. it's captain rex kanan and sabine are my favorites uh in, in the whole nice show. nice and even just all the stuff about with Kanan learning the ways of the Force, like one of my favorite scenes in the season two was when they're back, they go back to the Jedi Temple to talk to Master Yoda, mm. and he fights the Grand Inquisitor who's wearing the Jedi mask, and he knights him and says, "You are a Jedi Knight as I once was," and it was such a powerful moment, and it was just so, it was just so good. So seriously, guys, people who do not who are like on the fence about Rebels, go watch Star Wars Rebels. I I, I will say it has the the Dave Filoni season two uptick where season one is good. It's not bad. It is very good. There's still some good stuff in it about them fighting the empire, but it's a grand overarching story of the, of the rebellion starting small and then growing and growing and growing. And I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And even the time skip or what see up into seeing Ezra with his short hair and his green lightsaber in season three. I was like, Oh, this is character progression. Yay, Sabine's hair changed again. Sparks, was it? It was your wife who looked at the Grand Inquisitor and in Rebels because you guys are both watching it also, um, uh, and said, "That's not the same guy." Yes, I, th I find that very funny. Cause... Yes, we pointed we pointed out to her that it was the same man from Obi Wan Kenobi, and she's like, "No, it isn't." <laughs> <laughs> I... Physically, yeah. that is not the same man. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up because like I, it is a rewatch, but I finished season one of Rebels because there was a uh, watch along wonderful podcast, More Civilized Aged, that uh, y'all everyone should check out. But um, I, when I was going into Rebels the first time, everyone's like, yeah, season one's fine and it gets better in two. And I'm like, I agree, but like I think season one's really good too. I think it is a considerably better first season than the first couple seasons of the Clone Wars, in my opinion. Uh, it still has like kitty kitty star wars stuff but it eventually like even that stuff isn't that bad i think it's just kind of like more generic than bad uh but that final half of season one i think is really good and that episode oh, yeah. uh, uh episode 15 finale with the inquisitor versus kanan when kanan thinks ezra dies and the inquisitor's like oh bro i just killed your friend you got like nothing left to live for and he's like actually bro i got nothing left to lose and he beats him in a fight and i'm like oh kanan it's good it's so good <laughs> and like all the all the voice acting is great and like yeah, this budget, it's not very good, but thankfully it gets better in the next season, thankfully. Uh, uh, but, like, uh, yeah, I'm so glad you're here, Ben. Like, uh, it's just, again, like, 
Ahsoka looks so good. I'm so excited to revisit all those characters, like, you know, how, however many years later. Like, it's really, Star Wars is good. Mm-hmm. And, of course, like, I'm four episodes into season three. I finally met Grand Admiral Thrawn. Mm. Lars Mikkelsen's th- mm. voice as Thrawn is just, like, the whole time he speaks as Grand Admiral Thrawn, I'm like, you are the slimiest, most evil mother effer in the entire Star Wars galaxy. I instantly hate your guts. Great. But God damn it, do I respect <laughs> you? It's like that scene in it's like that scene in a uh, Anchorman with um, oh, what you call it? Yes. Uh, yeah, I know. And yeah, uh, it's Vince you know Vaughn. What? Vince Vaughn, thank you. You know that scene. Yeah. But I so guys, yeah, Star Wars Rebels is great. And even when I finished season two, I was like, I gotta watch it. I gotta keep watching it. So I went and watched the next the next two parter opener of season three. And I was like, I'm going to not play Tears of the Kingdom tonight because I want to watch Rebels because Rebels is just amazing. Yeah, I know. Shocking. Oh, my God. Yeah, I took a little time off from Tears of the Kingdom to watch Star Wars Rebels. But that's not the only thing. I am not a scroll. I also didn't play it this week. That happens. I still played it this week, but... I want to talk about Rebels because you guys know what I'm going to talk how what I'm going to say about Tears of the Kingdom. But the other thing I watched is I caught up on My Adventures with Superman and another show that is just so wholesome that once again reignited my love of Superman. And I have the biggest freaking crush on Lois Lane in that show. God damn. Every, you and everybody else, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone else. Yeah, I, got it. I, I love everyone. her and- I I love her and Clark. I love them so much. I I love Jimmy Olsen. I just love every single one on that show. I think the entire voice cast is fantastic. It is the it is one of the most wholesome, most different Superman shows. Like Brandon, are you caught up or not? I yet? haven't seen the latest episode. Okay, so I won't talk about episode four, Wait, but I will talk quickly, about episode three. Where are you guys in Adventures of Superman? We haven't just, we haven't just, watched more since last time. Okay. Well, damn it. Okay, I will be very vague. Uh, one of the things I absolutely love about this show, and this you can see this in episodes three and four, especially, and even in episode two is how they take classic Superman villains and they tweak them so ever so slightly, but they're still recognizable. Yeah. And they the way they get uh, that these villains get their powers, uh, like we're all we've all seen episode two. So Livewire, Live for Wire, example, yeah. how she has that electric uh, that electricity in her backpack and she's not completely, you know, white slash blue like she is in the other animated shows. It's different, but you can tell who it is. And it works and in this universe it works so well and i just absolutely love how they animate superman i just absolutely love how um clark kent just like does his thing i i can't praise the show enough and i am now so afraid of what that mother effer zaslav is gonna do after the season is over well we're already getting i'm already getting a second season Thank God, because I want so much more of this. I could watch so many episodes of this show. If they keep pushing out great quality as they are right now, I just want to keep this is I mean, I said it earlier, just after episode two, after episode four, I know for a fact this is going to be in my top 15. My Adventures with Superman is the best Superman show I have seen in a very, very long time. No shade, Superman Lois. That episode, I know that show was good. I've only seen the first episode. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. But this is the type of Superman that I feel like I've been craving for. I've been wanting a lighter Superman. I've been wanting a more wholesome Superman. A Superman who doesn't see the darkness and sadness and tragedy of everything, 
And while it is going back to a younger year one style Superman, it's not like the typical tropes of, oh, we have to do this. Like, we have to go through the but motions. Ben. It goes through motions in a way that's different and it's fresh. But Ben, no one stays good forever. Oh. Remember? Oh, okay. Remember well, on that note. That in a Batman movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note. Um, <laughs> I, real quickly, I do want to just, I guess getting a second season is probably not a guarantee with Zaslav uh, because he is... Didn't that Metalocalypse movie just come out and he's removing the show? Adventure Brothers. Adventure Brothers. Yeah, the Venture Brothers movie came out this weekend uh, on home media. In three and, weeks. Yeah. And uh, in two weeks, I think, or three weeks, mm-hmm. uh, the entire series will be pulled from Max. At early next month. Yeah. And the creator found out on Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah, Jackson Public. I'm I'm sorry. They're pulling Venture Bros. Yeah. Well, here's here's the here's the good thing. It's not it's mother. Ben, here's the good thing. It's not a Max. It's not a Max original. It's a it's an, adult, okay. an Adult Swim show, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is Adult Swim. So it, it's not going to disappear. Adult Swim will most right. likely still stream it. To be so so we can be thankful at least point, that anything not it's not a Max original will be still around. The point is that like making those decisions is like why even have max it's so quickly turning into yeah some warner stuff and mostly discovery and i'm like i don't give a shit about that honestly i think that's why they changed the name because like they don't care about branding anymore. yeah 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 they're like yeah lowest common denominator we're gonna be in netflix I'm, I'm like you know i might just start pirating hbo and be done with max honestly yeah, there I go. Join so us. sick of it Yo, my wife us. my wife will be upset because she won't have friends anymore but whatever Friends is on the pirates, pirate, pirate yeah. Well, no, I just mean like an easy way to no, on so she can sleep to it. That's what she does. I get you. All right. Uh, you can get like the full season, the full series on like DVD and Blu-ray. It's there. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Look, yeah. look, we're talking streaming, about ease of convenience. Streaming is really easy yeah. for the purposes of what my wife does because she's one of those people who leaves the television on to fall asleep. And just putting friends mm. on through a streamer is a lot easier than putting in a Blu-ray that will eventually mm. stop. Go to the menu or loop yeah. on the menu. Yeah. 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 All right. So that's it. That's that. Anything else, Ben? Nope. Super. Uh, My Vestal Superman is great. Amazing. Go watch it. Star Wars Rebels is also great. Go watch it. All right. So shall we get into our bread and butter then? Yum, yum, that's yum. That's why we're here. All right. So uh, sad news up top. Tony Bennett passed yeah. away. Prominent singer, famous singer, mm-hmm. one of the best. Passed away at the age of ninety six. Yeah, it's really it's yeah. it's sad that he's not with us anymore. Ninety six is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh he was suffering from Alzheimer's as well, yeah. which which mm-hmm. is a big bummer. Um, yeah. uh, he was he was he was he was a wonderful guy. Uh, I've seen a lot of like I I'm not super familiar. Like I know some of his songs, but you know like uh but seeing like all some of these celebrities that are a little bit older than us, like just revere him. And like Lady Gaga loves him and was like a good friend of him and like helped him when during his Alzheimer's and stuff. And I'm like, that's like, that's, he seemed like a genuinely like great dude. By, by all accounts, he's one of the sweetest men yeah. I've ever heard people talk about. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, everything about what, like his outward persona seems to have been true. Like he, people describe him as a person who was just always smiling and all that kind of stuff. He seems like he was genuinely just always an engaged and kind person. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the strike. SAG, AFTRA, and the WGA are striking currently on the big studios. Um, real quickly, just kind of set up what, what what's going to take up the bulk of this, I think, is that uh, the SAG and the WGA 
filed a labor grievance against NBC Universal uh, because they. So what they did was just after the WGA strike, uh, NBC Universal began construction on the sidewalks outside of their gates, which blocked them off and tore them up, which is a strike breaking um, uh, method. Yeah. Uh, to make it impossible for for people to pick it, that they are disguising under it's it's just construction. Mm-hmm. Um, two picketers have been hit by cars because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, no fatal injuries, uh, thank goodness. Um, but that's what happened this week. However, however, this week, you know, NBC Universal decided to do their yearly trimming of the trees. We're going to talk about TreeGate. <laughs> um so you know nbc universal has uh did the the in the what they called an annual tree trimming which they do every year google maps will tell you otherwise uh because you can just go online and find out that in july of this year by the way july not not the time you trim your trees um but you know nbc universal was like well, like even then this isn't trimming this is this this is cutting <laughs> I mean, they they took out all basically they took out the shade for the to to try to break the the, the strike. Um, and once again, a strike breaking move. Um, they can hide under whatever they want to. This is what it's for to kind of alleviate some of the blowback they got. They um, created they they gave out tents for for the strikers. Yeah, good for you. Anyway, the the bottom line of what happened here is that everyone started to realize. Wait a second these aren't NBC universal's trees. These are the city's trees. You mess with the city. The LA mayor has been out in the, has been out picketing with the strikers, which is really tree cool. law, tree law, tree everyone, law. One of our trees. You mess with all of our trees. Everyone got really invested in tree law because the LA mayor is like, they're not supposed to do this. This is illegal. We take care the city takes care of these trees. Burbank's mayor. Burbank's mayor. Thank you. Not LA, mayor of LA Burbank's mayor. I always forget that they are different cities they with are. different mayors. Yep. Um. Anyway, uh. So, uh. Universal claimed that it was uh, that they were in the right. They were not. So the city of LA fined them. Uh. Stopped them with a fine of two hundred and fifty dollars. City of Burbank. City of Burbank. Thank you. Because yes. Universal city of Burbank is slapped... city. The city of Burbank slapped one of the biggest media conglomerates in the entire world. With a two hundred and fifty dollar fine. This is not. This is not their fault. This is the the situation of how the laws are written about what where the punishment oh, right, scale right. would yeah, be. Yeah. Like it's not. Yeah. It doesn't scale up yeah. to like the amount that a company makes and what would be a punishable offense. So like. Sorry, sorry that that makes sense. I I just got mad because I did see the story on uh, my TikTok and I was like, that is but, some bullshit. It, it's horrible. If, if the mayor could have fined them for more, they would. But they can't. Yeah. They yeah. are looking still for actionable evidence that they can use about what this did to the birds, because there's a lot of strict bird law, bird law um, about moving and damaging nests, especially of hummingbirds, which notoriously have nests that are almost impossible to see. Better not be messing um, with the hummingbees. So there's like they're like there's just people are talking about like there's no there's no realistic way that that birds were not affected by this. Yeah. Um, and so they're they're looking into that because that is a much steeper punishment. Um, but who knows? Well, and be able to find also, them. people are saying that the WGA and SAG need to be filing uh, gr- uh, labor grievances because these strike breaking tactics are actually illegal. 
um they they are not they are the strikers are allowed to have free uninterrupted reign to strike your establishment if you do stuff like break like take like tear up your sidewalks or trim your trees in the hottest summer in recorded history that's illegal you are actively breaking you're actively attempting to break a strike which is again illegal but a hundred percent but that is exactly why they're like shading it as tree trimming or we're, right. we're doing construction. I, so like that's what i said like that, yeah. that they are do they're hiding it under these things but yeah. it's so clearly not true and this is this, this is just kind of me saying that wga and sag have not actually filed uh these labor these labor grievances but they're well within their right to and i hope well, that they well, will soon. to to brandon's point they really can't do anything about the construction one yeah. because like you can't fight if they're saying like well here's construction as long as they have the permits and everything then like yeah, yeah, yeah. but but because of the fine the tree trimming thing is proven to have been the city's thing and that they're they're just caught in a lie yeah, yeah. about what they did which means that now that is actionable of we can we can file a suit and grievance about that because that was clearly only because of busting the strike there was no other yeah reason that this should have happened because universal's never trimmed those trees before they did a yes. bad grift yes well tree law may have failed us but bird law is coming bird law Bird law. Bird law. Bird Someone law. get Harvey Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> um, once, once again, once again, we support we support the strikers um, in their in their ongoing fight for a fair deal. Trees, though, so I'm really divided on this story. Wow, <laughs> we're coming in hot on trees. <laughs> um, there's a couple more things that have been happening with around the strike, such as FX's new Alien series uh, that we've known coming from Noah Hawley for a while that has started filming this week uh, because none of their actors are SAG affiliated. They're all Equity, uh, which is the British Actors Union. Good eye. I'm an actor. I guess go off. Go off, Queen. I mean, also don't have any writers on the show now because they're all striking. So maybe, maybe that wait. Better be good. I mean, Noah Hawley maybe wrote the whole thing and thinks, "Damn, I made a banger." And I would say, "I'm like, you know what? I'll believe you if you're if because you're Noah Hawley." To be fair, I total 100 percent trust that dude writing a good script. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. He, not so much like I don't. I'm sure there's a problem, but that's definitely a dude who like writes a like, hardcore script. And, and Noah Hawley's been working on that for a while. So yeah. Like... So I'm a little, I'm, I'm more positive on this one. I'm. I want. I want a good. I want a good alien show, especially from Noah Hawley. So I hope that I hope you can pull it off. It's so it's so wild. We're getting a movie and a show. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, Alex Lothar from and uh, one of the kids from Andor and End of the Effing World has mm-hmm. been cast in 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 Alien. This is how he figured out that these are uh, these are all equity because this kid's not SAG; he's equity. He's right. British. Mm. Um, Andor has conflicting reports this week that it had it was going to continue filming with its equity actors and not its SAG actors. Um, because there are a number of the cast that is equity and not SAG. Um, mm. Not Pedro Pascal, though. So he is he's SAG. You mean Diego, um... Luna? Diego Luna? I feel bad about that now. It's okay. But I do mean Diego Luna. Pedro Pascal also in a Star Wars show. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. He but he he's SAG, right? Yeah. So he you you can't film with your star. Uh, him and definitely. Uh... All the Americans, yeah, <laughs> and there's yeah. a lot of British people on that show, so I'm sure they can they can do all the Luthan stuff, they can do the side stuff, but like, yeah. Well, you probably yeah. can't do all all of the Luthan stuff, but you can do a fair chunk. Well, if it's just him and and, and Clea, like they're they're probably they're both British, right? 
Well, if it's him and Mon Mothma, they're both equity. There you go. So. Yeah, they could do all like this, like some of like the smaller scenes. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But however, that said, Deadline has reported that that the show is actually shut down. Oh, yeah, good. I'm sure. I'm sure they hit their wall very yeah. quickly. Um, yeah. Well, we did all we could do with equity, and they don't want to. They don't want to <laughs> like. They don't want to shit on this one. Like, they don't want to shit this one out. They want to really make it good. That would be really funny if it, if these if these reports are actually con- are actually connected. And initially, they were like, "We're gonna just do it with equity." They filmed one day. All right, we got it. Let's let's wait. It's like they do all the scenes with the actor in the foreground, and then the actor they couldn't get like just the shoulder, and they're like, "I hate this. I don't want to do this. Let's just can <laughs> we just make a real show, please? Let's just wait." Um. So yeah, I you know what. I think I think these I think all shows shutting down during these strikes is good because you will guarantee a better I think I personally think a better product. The more people on the side of the strike, the less people working, the more that the studios will be like, oh, maybe we should do something about it instead of just wait for people to lose their homes. Correct. A twenty four is not AMPTP, so they have signed a temporary contract with SAG to allow um, thirty nine projects that are currently in development to continue filming and to start filming during the strike with SAG actors. Yep. Um, this this ba- one's interesting. So basically what happened was it was first, in, it was first announced that it, these were like waivers that SAG was allowing to be passed out, but that's actually not what happened. A24, one of the smaller movie studios who puts out independent films is committed to every one of SAG's uh, um, uh, offers for the contract. And A24 was like, yes. Yeah. So oh, because, cool. because okay, they're okay. not part of AMPTP, they're not part of the negotiations yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. So they basically said, everything you're asking for, we'll do it. we agree with. Here's our contract. We're not part of that anyway. We're signed off. Let's just keep making stuff. Oh, you mean one of the studios yeah. that makes all the best movies, all the best genre movies? They get to keep doing it and they get to pay their actors and respect everyone who works? Oh my God. I love you, A24. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. This is. I thought this was bad news. No, this is this. Hold is, up. This, Ooh, A24. They're always this is, this is mostly good news because yeah. there is a there is a a good argument that has been brought up, which is that as of the productions that have been announced for A24, it is just the ones with the highest profile actors like Anne Hathaway and Paul Rudd. Sure. Um and it's making it it's kind of shedding it's kind of making it look like and maybe this is not A24's fault, and maybe this isn't even SAG's fault. Most probably mostly SAG's fault, to be honest. Actually, um, they will say uh, it makes it look like okay, but your high-profile actors can keep filming, but the ones who are lo- or below the line have to strike. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Bob Why is Odenkirk, that fair? Bob Odenkirk, uh, uh, you know, um, Better Call Saul, so many other great things. Um, uh, uh, he's he said nobody should be nobody should be working. If you're high-profile, low-profile, low-profile, like if we're on strike, we should all be striking. Uh, I don't care if you have a deal or not. It's shitty. Yeah. And I do agree with that. Like, I I really, really think it's great that A24 is giving, here's everything you guys want. Like, you are being supported so we can make art. But also, there are people, like you just said, Brandon, that are still in the picket line, like, oh, I'm, but I'm not getting paid. <laughs> like, like, and that's just like, like that's not fair to them because they don't work for A24. They, they're still, everyone's going to suffer. And I'm like, it is, that is a, it is double-sided coin for this one. Yeah, there's, like I said, this this, this one is is mostly good news. And I think what is happening, it is SAG saying, that we want we want our high profile actors to keep going. Uh, if it is anything, I think it is on SAG's end. Yeah. Um, but they, but I mean that said, you know, we don't know all the actors and all the productions that A twenty four is doing. 
I'm 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 mostly happy about this because it will it will show that a studio can break off from the AMPTP, yeah, and just make their own deal. It's it's important. It's important in that sense. And like the contract, I I would say like the contract should have gone through. I still think I would have, I would have at this particular juncture preferred that they held in solidarity regardless of the fact like like they made yeah. the contract and they show that up as an example but then as an act of solidarity they are not working on projects at least for a time period yeah i understand that at a certain point a24 needs to yeah because they're also not in the position that the other studios are where they can just like ride on something um but like i i would think that would be better served by like maybe not doing projects but like at least allow the promotion of upcoming a24 stuff like talk to me and so that the actors can at least get out front and still share about like these small indie projects and like not be violating anything and i think that would have been a better use of like what the contract allows rather than full-blown making projects again yeah so that those actors are standing in solidarity and saying we agree about all this we're just also trying to spotlight our smaller projects also like they they said like they're gonna it's like what like 30 projects like yeah like Anne hathaway and pollard might be part of one or two of them but like we just literally talked about Talk to Me, which is all that's a small movie with a bunch of small actors. So like I don't think all all of these movies are gonna star all the but highest think, profile people in the world either. But I think Bob Odenkirk has a good point yeah. of just like we all need to be on the same page. I agree. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. It's tricky. Uh, yeah. Odenkirk said that mostly in response to a a, a report about Tom Cruise that has recently yeah. come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was during the strike. Cruise had asked to be 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 allowed to fill to keep filming mission impossible essentially um and he was saying can some of the some of the higher paid actors keep working um so we can keep keep doing that in sex oh no. okay i gotcha now that what happened it, during the negotiations wasn't it just to promote dead reckoning not not oh yeah i think you're right i think you're right i don't right. think he was it asking is... to do the reshoots i think he just wanted to keep promoting dead reckoning Right. I think it probably uh, uh, to help. I, I think maybe he, you're right. It was he wanted to allow, allow actors to keep promoting their films. Yeah. Um, the the uh, SAG said no, um, but that ha- it was happening during the negotiations. Right. Recently, apparently SAG has asked Tom Cruise to go down to the picket line because it would be a pretty big deal to see Tom Cruise down there. Yeah. Right. Um, but Cruise said no, he'll do something else. So. Whatever but I but I stand with y'all. I just won't be there. Yeah, and that's what Bob Odenkirk was talking was saying was like everyone has everyone needs to be here. Yeah, right. Um. Okay. WB Animation and Cartoon Network Productions. Um, they've launched an effort to unionize. They are not currently a union, but they are are, are uh, hoping to join TAG, the Animation I'm Guild. So glad, I'm so glad you spotlighted this. Don't forget that the Walt Disney Animation for three months has been doing the same thing. Um, trying to push themselves to being recognized for for getting a union. Um, And this follows right after um, in the next two weeks, but they've already had their last days. Um, Everyone who is working in the Cartoon Network Studios building is being moved out of the building. The Cartoon Network Studios building is going away because they're all being moved into Warner Animation as a lump thing. So Mm. Cartoon Network Studios, as it functionally existed, no longer will exist. Um, Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's it's cool that they're taking this moment to demand this, um, so that they're not kind of shit kicked around by Zaslav now that they're going to be folded under Warner Animation. That is scary. 
the uh, the animation guild is not as powerful as the other guilds as the other no. uh, unions, but it if it continues to grow, it could be, and we could be seeing an animation strike, which would be incredible for the animation industry. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the whole thing is like you know um, we want we want the animators to strike because animation like it's it's very it's very unfair the way that animation workers are paid compensated yes. compared to regular television shows, despite the massive audience appeal that exists for cartoon shows, especially over the past two decades. And the amount of work. Um, because like over the past two decades, like cartoons have, have far and away evolved beyond just being considered for children. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, so it's that, and it's, you know, this ties in like once, once those guys are moving up, we're going to get our visual effects and CGI folks also coming into that conversation the same so. way, because all of them are being mistreated in the same in the same respect. So I'm really glad that I'm really glad that they're part of the conversation now too, along with the Disney animation team. Um, so hopefully more of them because these yeah. two very high profile ones are fighting for it. And those are two of the biggest American animation studios to do so, because it's not just like the Disney TV animation, it's the Disney film animation that is mm. demanding this. Um, and- so it's great that now we've got this show. I'm hoping that Disney TV animation might follow suit. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, bummer that right that writers animated animation writers are part of tag and not and not, aren't eligible for the wga that's so weird uh, yeah that there's also been like a lot of talk of like you know soap opera uh, not soap opera um reality tv writers and actors aren't part of sag or um or or wga and they want to be they should be yeah uh so re- really importantly um Every uh, we always get a reality burst, and you're going to see it um, when the strikes happen. And the reason is because they're able to skirt aside from these union rules. Um, we all need to acknowledge that reality television is not just like, oh yeah, we'll just film it and it happens. It is like, so heavily edited. It is so heavily. Oh, yeah. It is yeah. so heavily scripted yeah. and directed. And a, a majority of the people who are involved in reality shows have aspirations to be actors in some way. Um, they won't achieve it, partially because of the way the system is stacked against them once they are re- involved in a reality show. Ooh, I got a but- fun fun fact for you real quick. Um, in one of the very first real-world seasons, uh, a little guy named Judd Winnick was the star of one of those seasons, and he was big, and then mm. he was like, oh, I want to write Batman comics, and then he became a comic writer. <laughs> uh, but reality reality <laughs> appearance, show appearances have no residuals, no... Uh, no benefits in the long term. It's the cheapest, fastest it's, TV to make. It's it's super duper exploitation, yeah. especially when like most most people who are putting themselves out there, it is themselves, not playing a character. They whether whether they are playing it up when they're there or not, they are giving their name and their identity to it, and like that gets locked in. Yep. Um. So it's it's really important that they get union protections as well, um, yeah. because it's going to diminish the amount that people are exploited through that system because they are. Right. Nothing chews up and spits out faster than the reality series programming. Mm-hmm. True. Um, what what'd you call it? Uh, labor summer? Hot labor summer. Hot labor summer? Hot labor. Yeah. UPS. UPS, baby. Woo, they no scared the, the Teamsters scared the shit out of them. Hell yeah. No one gets packages. You, you guys saw about that, right? No, I, well, I, saw, I, I saw UPS is going to strike, right? No, so the Teamsters were going to. They were doing practice rallies this week and all that kind of oh. stuff. Uh, UPS has come back to the negotiating table because they're scared as shit. Um, so there's a two-week extension right now on the contract.
Good. Um, uh, so, so there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of, uh, uh, misinformation I'll say in the news because a lot of, a lot of news websites are, and magazines are owned by studios. So they're feeding the kind of headlines they want to see, which is mostly headlines about, um, how the strike is hurting the film industry and not how the CEOs are hurting the film industry. Um, and this week, a report came out that I found very strange and I'm happy I wasn't the only one because it said that Warner brothers is considering pushing is considering that's the word it's considering pushing Aquaman and the lost kingdom color purple and Dune part two to next year. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> sorry. What'd you say? I'm sorry. I had a heart attack. <laughs> uh, to 2024. Um, and all these are coming out in the winter. So that I think I think the headline, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right, was specifically designed to get public opinion onto the CEOs because how dare they move my movie? Yeah. Um, because how dare the strikers move my movie? Um, when and, and and to kind of put it away from the strike, but it, it, otherwise, it just it's just bullshit. It's some just bull- play, bullshit. Play, yeah. Some some movies have already been moved. Challengers. Was oh. pushed back to next year, which is the Zendaya film. And Zendaya is not happy about um, it. <laughs> and and part of this is studios are looking down the pipeline, and their release schedule is getting thin. Mm-hmm. And now they're looking at padding out a length. It does make sense to some extent that they want to pad things over a, a course of time. Yeah. I'm not even, to be honest with you, while I don't <laughs> I don't want Dune Part Two delayed, I'm not even entirely against it because I'm like it gives more time to spotlight these individual projects sure. and like the studios will feel the squeeze. Yeah. So the reason, the reason, I think I think you're right, but it's the fact that they they put out a thing about considering pushing, and it's like, yes. yeah, push it, push it or don't. Right. No, I, I'm sure it is to scare them, but I do think they're also actually talking about it. Right. I think all the studios are. I think they're all talking about pushing some of the, the like December, January, February, March releases out a little further because they're not going to have anything lining up after that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Good. Come back to the negotiating table, AMPTP. It's their yeah. own fault, man. Uh, if mm-hmm. Aquaman does get pushed into next year, that'll be like a year and a half. We're in, we're in new uh, mutants. Where we are in, we are approaching like, oh no, oh no, to. Well, well, like, and, but it, and that but if it's the, delayed, the, it's not delayed. Sorry, just real quick. If it's delayed, it's not delayed because of like issues with the film. No, it's I delayed know. to pad out. There's also like a bunch of like Arishi nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah, don't know. That's what I was about to bring up. The the it's it's it. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is beginning to sound concerning. Uh, with all the with all the things that have been going on behind the scenes that we it's just like on its out. like third reshoots, and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Which apparently went well, so I'm hoping that that works. Yeah. I think it's going to be really funny. If Shazam Fury of the Gods, The Flash, Aquaman 2, and Blue Beetle all come out, and Blue Beetle's the best movie. Dude, I... Which I, is great. I prefer saw... Blue Beetle, but I think that's funny. Yeah, I do too. I, I did see only one review, but it is a guy like, and he's saying, y'all are really not prepared for how good Blue, Be- Blue Beetle is. Um, but it is just one person's opinion, so like, I, it's not a wide, wide cast. Well, but but like... I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of like when Aquaman... It was incredible. Like it came yeah. out, and it was like, "Oh shit, this is way better than it has any right to you." Hell yeah, it is. Um, but 
I so okay, just real quickly on the Aquaman thing. If the AMPTP is listening, can you guys tell your your clients to put both? I want both Batman cameos on the Blu-ray. Watch side by side. I wish uh, if they are not there, screw you. Don't tell me things that I know I'm gonna want that I will never see. Don't do that. I want both of them on that Blu-ray. AMPTP Warner Brothers. That's who I should be talking saying this to. Jonathan Amped. All right. All right. Comic books. I like those. This is before we get into uh, uh, Comic-Con. Gods. Uh, Jonathan Hickman and, and uh, Valerio Schiedis. Um, Skeety. Gods. Skeety, sorry. Um, G-O-D-S had some news. Basically a solicitation, like it's coming out in October. Um, get ready. Spooky time. So it reads, I, I'll have to read this. I did condense it, but this is the only way I can describe what this is, is by reading what it is, because it's Jonathan Hickman. He, he's crazy. Um, the agents of the power that be and the natural order of things like Dr. Strange, Clea, Mr. Fantastic and Dr. Doom learn of a Babylon event, a rare occurrence that has the potential to upend the forces behind existence, such as eternity, infinity and the living tribunal. This cataclysmic threat will bring an eons old war out of the shadows for the first time and shed light on a long guarded secrets of the cosmos. Jonathan Hickman was going to go to DC and do a new gods book. And he did an interview saying that exact thing before he went to Marvel to do X-Men again. And he, and I think he needs an outlet to do that type of shit. He's like, y'all, can I please do something like that at Marvel? I just spent a year making this new God shit that you won't let me do. And they're like, hell yeah, dude, do it. Uh, so all of our favorite, uh, big, big entities from space books, you know, like, like the living tribune, all them, they're going to get like personalities and become like people and shit. I think that's really cool. I'm totally into it. I love, uh, Valerio Skeety's art is insane. Uh, they've worked with Jonathan Hickman a bunch and we all, we all know and love Hickman. So like, this is great. This is like, this dude knows how to world build better than almost any comic book, uh, modern, I'll say modern comic book, uh, uh writer. So it's going to be, it's going to be juicy y'all. I'm really excited to see because if you take, because I read time runs out the avengers time runs out which led into secret wars yeah. like you kind of take like what jonathan hickman has already played with with these uh cosmic beings that we that we know from comics um and getting to just like focus on them is so cool and interesting and he's like yeah dr strange is in the first issue but is he the main character yeah um, he, he's very much like i want to i wanted this is going to be a big a big like risk for not for for marvel but for people because like yeah, like the cameos are what get you in. This is an entirely new cast of characters, basically, um, yeah. on the grandest scale possible. So, like, it is really cool. It literally is about the gods of the Marvel Universe, like, becoming, like, peoples. Like, let's go hang out with, with the gods. I'm like, that's really, I love it. I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Yeah. Um, I have both of his S.H.I.E.L.D. books. I should read those. The gods are not a place. They're a people. <laughs> They're a foundation. Oh, there it goes. There goes foundation. <laughs> uh, Sensational She-Hulk. Uh, a new ongoing series coming from Rainbow Rowell and Andre Genelit. Uh, Gen- um, this is so. If you guys remember, she had like a fifteen run. Rainbow Rowell had a fifteen run. She Hulk run. This is continuing that. Yeah, I heard that went really well. So <sighs> you can't just let a book be an ongoing. You got to relaunch with number one because it's not selling enough. You just can't. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I get it. It's as long as it's not canceled. As long as it still gets to go on, it's fine. Um, yeah. So. That's basically it. It's just continuing from that series. Same cast of characters, new um, new situations. New number one. Army of Darkness Forever was dropped. Uh, well, not dropped, but it was announced. Um, I don't think at Comic-Con. 
But Network Darkness Forever is going to be written by Tony Fleece, uh, Fleeks, sorry, who wrote Stray Dogs, mm-hmm. last year's Stray Dogs, written by uh, with art by Justin Greenwood from Stumptown. Um, basically, this is what it says. The story picks up immediately after the, the events of the beloved film, so immediately after Army of Darkness. Which ending? Hmm. Jumping between three fun timelines, the techno oh. army of dark, the techno army of darkness of 2093, the Smart Isles of 1993, and the Middle Ages chaos of Castle Kandar. Ben's just like, all right, what that sounds? <laughs> yeah, that sounds I, pretty much. Incredible. Pretty okay. much. Uh, oh yeah, I'm so excited for you to know what the hell we're talking oh, about yeah. later this year. <laughs> I'm like. S like Kmart? Ben. Do they just ben, like an off brand version of Kmart? Shop S Ben, shop smart, shop S Mart. Um the Techno uh, Army of 2093 sounds like the coolest thing I've heard in my entire life. I'm into, I'm into that. <laughs> that sounds like a Warhammer ripoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now now, um this so initially this was pitched that this was announced as this is going to be a sequel from the alternate ending of Army of Darkness, as we all know the alternate ending of Army of Darkness is. Ben excluded. Oh, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about you. Um not yet. Not yet. And it, yet. so it, it, so it's going to pick up from there. But then if you read it, it's like, it picks up from all three of the timelines, including that alternate ending. And I think that's really cool. I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah. I'm very into it. Army of Darkness comics have been hit or miss. So we'll see. Yeah. I haven't, I don't think I've ever read anything comic related. Unless There's got, a lot of cool ones. Yeah. Uh, uh, so like, uh, this is the one that like sounds the most enticing to me. for sure. And Tony Fleek's Stray Dogs is great. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm into this. Y- y'all, y'all remember when like literally the canon of Army of Darkness comics led itself into the Marvel Zombies canon? Mm. Yep, yep. Mm. That's my October book club. I'm, I'm calling it now. That's gonna be my October book club. <laughs> I hope Ben's watched the movie by then. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> That's <laughs> really weird. <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> As, yeah, as, as Spark said, there's a lot of Army of Darkness uh, comics, and it's um, and they're hit or miss. But Tony Fleek's on, on this one has me interested. The three timelines are really is a, such a cool idea. Um, I'm I'm intrigued by this. Sure. Did, did you? I didn't put this in the news, but did you guys see, see what I posted about uh, Radiant Black? How the A and B covers are two different stories. Yes, I did. Just insane. I have to go to my comic shop and make sure they're not sold out of b cover i'm really i'm really happy for you about the radiant black stuff it seems like it's popping off in a good way this was a really good comic on uh uh, radiant the radiant black stuff which i none of it's in the news but yeah i'm really excited for all of it it sounds so cool yeah but we are at comic-con now well not why we've been here can we get a chair (laughs) wow what a time anti-monitor wow Can't you see up there on the on the on the building up here? Hey, he's one of them. He's But we are actually not at Comic Con. We are going to be talking about Comic Con, starting with the Eisner Awards. I still can't believe I completely forgot Comic Con was this weekend. Like it just like went, and then I'm like looking on my Instagram. I was like, "Hey, we're at SDCC." I was like, "Man, oh shit." Yeah. There, that's bad. If only we had known a year ago what Comic Con it would be, what the Comic Con would be. I would have killed. I would have gone. I would have killed to go to this one. This is the oh, dream. Oh no! It sounds it sounds so cool. Just video games, animation, and comics. Yeah, like yeah, you could just walk into Hall H. 
and Hall H was like, uh, like, like almost all empty for one panel. I'm like, that isn't, that is impossible to imagine. Like a yeah. couple years ago. <laughs> Incredible. All right. It, ben, you had something? Like it's, it, is it not as, like, is it not as super crowded as it, as it used to be? Is it like, actually you can move around yeah, no, you, and it's you still, stretch your it, arms it, out? It's still it's crowded. crowded. It's still crowded, but the panels aren't crowded. Right. There's not okay. as many people because there's considerably less like big things, and that's why a lot of people go is for the big things as opposed to now. Now, yeah, yeah. now, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been that way for like at least since, since Twilight. Twilight. Oh, since Twilight. Yeah. Brandon, well, yeah. Brandon, Twilight ruined it for everyone else. The very first year I went was in in 2008, and it was just before Twilight mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And so like that was a great year, and I had a window into like, oh wow, it's really easy breezy, and then the next year Twilight showed yeah. up, and and like all all things went to freaking hell because all of a sudden there were a ton of people that showed up just for that before that you could you didn't have to wait in line the night before at hall h no you waited like 30 minutes before yeah yeah it was great i will never forget my very first comic-con with brandon and sparks because sparks was there we hung out together at that my very first comic-con and it was um well we waited outside we camped outside in line for a hall h and i was like is this how it is every year and brandon's like like until two thousand after two thousand eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the Comic Con experience. You camp out. You have a nice hotel room over there, but nope, you have to sleep on the ground, which I now did. And it Con. was worth it. Yeah. Now we have WonderCon. Um. Now we have WonderCon. Anyway, the Eisner Awards. Yes. Um. We are not going to be talking about all of the uh the winners, but congratulations nope. to all winners. Uh, of course, the full list is below in the description. Yay. Um, we'll start with best letterer went to Stan Sakai for Usagi Yojimbo. Hell yeah, get it. That dude's been killing it for decades at this point. Yeah. Best digital comic went to Barnstormers by Scott Snyder and Tula Lode, which is a comicsology original. Tula Lode is is awesome. Um, Scott Snyder has been doing. I don't know how that dude puts out so many comics because he's not just like he doesn't do much DC stuff. Uh, uh, he does so much independent stuff, and he has like his mm-hmm. own. He has his own label now. He has a bunch of comics, and like that dude's like starting to do like movies and TV stuff. Like that dude's working really hard, man. Such a weird time to have a comicsology original up on the Iser. Yeah, yeah. It just shows how good that comic was. <laughs> Best web comic went to Laura Olympus by Rachel Smiths. Web comics. Laura Olympus continues to win. Is that about actually Olympus? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's the story of Persephone and Hades, I think. Cool. Yeah. Um, I remember because Pun- uh, Punderworld is the same thing, but by Linda Sedgwick. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the same story, but told through a different lens. Uh, best writer went to James Tinian IV uh, for House of Slaughter. Something is Killing the Children. Wind. The Nice House on the Left. Uh, the Nice House on the Lake. The Sandman Universe, Nightmare County, uh, The Closet, and The Department of Truth. Bro, Tynan continues to kill. Uh, yeah, the Tiny Onion himself. I think he won last year, too, actually. I think so, like, too. Yeah, he's won multiple years. I, like, I need to, you know what? He's been killing it. I really want to read the, the Oddly, House by the Lake, and I... And I, I hear it's like... It's yeah. it's like the best horror comic, and like. I want to and I want to catch up on something's killing the children for yeah. sure. Department of Truth rules. Yeah, yeah. This dude, um, I gotta tell you, man. Like years ago, when he started out as DC, and he was like under Scott uh, Scott Snyder's like like wing, and he was doing like you know some of the smaller Talon. Talon, Talon, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's cool, but like you know, like almost ten years later, like he's like one of the he, he he's the best writer of the year. Like it's he's really he's killing it, man. Yeah. 
I yay tiny onion. Yeah, that's his yeah. his, uh, his blog. I would, memoirs on a tiny I would onion. just like wave a flag. Yay tiny onion. Yeah. Best writer artist went to Kate Beaton for Ducks Two Years in the Oil Sands. Ooh, good quack. quack quack good for you. Best cover artist for multiple covers specifically went to Bruno Redondo from Nightwing. Woo! Nice. Bruno, I know a certain friend. A certain friend of the podcast is probably going to be very happy about that. Oh, uh, is it, is, is, could it be Dick? Grayson? <laughs> it is Grayson. Oh, oh okay. I, I was confused. Yeah. Uh, Bruno Redondo no, worked with Tom Taylor on Injustice, and his art has gotten considerably better. Considerably better. Because uh, if you remember some of that early Injustice art, there's some really wacky faces. Really wacky faces. And he has <laughs> he's upped his game a thousand percent. He's incredible. Yeah, Nightwing is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous yeah. book. Uh, the covers specifically are awesome. Best graphic album reprint went to Parker, the Martini Edition, Last Call by Richard Stark, Darwin Cook, Ed Brubaker, and Sean Phillips. Whoop whoop! Yeah, Parker's all cool. good. Mm. All good names. Happy to see Darwin Cook get another posthumous Eisner. Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, best penciler, inker, or penciler inker team went to Greg, Greg Smallwood. Greg Smallwood for the Human Target. Woo! That's a great, uh, uh, I have yet to read that. That's one of the few Tom King books I haven't read because I'm behind. But uh, Greg Smallwood is incredible. Incredible. He did some great Moon Knight stuff with Jeff Lemire. He's outstanding talent. Um, best coloring went to Jordy Belair for The Nice House on the Lake, Suicide Squad, Blaze, Ant-Man, Miracle, Miracle Man by Gaiman and Buckingham, The Silver Age. Whoop, whoop. We actually just read a book club a couple weeks ago uh, that Jordy Belair was colorist on. So bing bong. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. Which one was I that? think it was a scroll book we read. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that was a really good one. That was so good. good. I really like that. Best comics-related periodical slash journalism went to Panel X Panel Magazine, mm-hmm. edited by Hassan Oatsmain Elu, I hope, mm-hmm. and Tiffany Babb. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to spotlight this one in particular. Are you guys familiar with Panel X Panel um, not. Magazine? that is talking about comics and has a lot of good conversations with comic creators and everything. The reason I want to spotlight this one is because it's last issue for a while uh, came out this year. Mm. It capped off at 70 issues earlier this year. Um, and that will be it for a while. They've said they're going on a hiatus and when they return, it's going to be in a greatly reduced schedule. Um, and we don't know when that return will be. Uh, it's won an Eisner the, the past three years before this year. But I wanted to spotlight it just because uh, it's a really excellent magazine. You guys can go to the back catalog and panelxpanel.com and and just check through and see what kind of things would pop your interest because it's worth doing. Uh-huh. I've read I've read a couple. I'm behind by a lot, but um, it's it's worthwhile. Yeah. Um, you just get like really great conversations out of it. It's I do a love, good magazine. I do love interviews. It's cool. Um, best short story i'm really happy about this best short story went to finding batman by kevin conroy and j-bone in the dc pride 2022 edition um that's just incre- that's just really nice that that really personal beautiful story that the late kevin conroy wrote won an eisner yeah. yeah it it does not it still does not feel real that he's gone yeah and i hate it so much i i understand that's part of life but the fact that I have seen him, I remember the fact that he was there. I remember when Brandon got his autograph and he was just there. And now he's not just hurts my yeah. soul so much, but I'm so glad. I mean, posthumously it sucks. I'm happy. He won an Eisner. 
Um, but you'll, this you'll still hear him, hurts. You'll hear him in Suicide Squad when you buy when you buy that game for seventy dollars. Yeah. Oh god, that's not out. I rather yet, right? you know, I, no, no, it's not out yet. You know, I rather just replay the Arkham games. Well, and I rather just re- rewatch Batman the animated series. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll talk about maybe a Kevin Conroy performance coming up. Um, but yes, uh, really like that. Really like that story. It's I highly recommend it. Uh, if you even if you don't want to read the full DC Pride, which you should, it's good. Best single issue slash one shot went to Batman One Bad Day, The Riddler by Tom King and Mitch Gerards. Hell yeah! Um, yeah, I heard that one was really good. I heard all the One Bad Day stuff was great. Like all, all those things were were all had great teams. All people seemed to really like it. You can buy a really really expensive like a hundred dollar. It looks so cool. It looks so cool. But <laughs> it it's so and it comes with yeah. it comes with the part. right it comes with the right edition of the Killing Joke. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, one day, if that goes on sale, I will absolutely buy that because uh, I hear th- this is all like they're all just great little self-contained like little stories. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Best new series went to Public Domain by Chip Zdarsky. Hell yeah, uh, Chip's killing it. This is like this is a book that I believe he's writing and drawing, uh, which he hasn't done in a while because he he felt so strong about it. Um, it is about it is about working with IP and corporate IP and public domain, and like it is a very like very funny but very serious book, like almost in a way that Barbie is. Um, it's very cool. I only read the first issue, um, but I hear that it like is it won an award. I'm like, all right, I'm hello book club. Yeah, and I mean it's Chip Sudarsky. Every time I hear his name attached to anything, I'm like. That man, I have not read a bad. Chip I've Zdarsky never read a bad. Book. Every every time I pick up a comic book that has his name on it, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a banger. This is gonna be amazing. Best limited series went to The Human Target by Tom King and Greg Smallwood. Yo, man, you give Tom King twelve issues, he'll give you the greatest comic of the year. And best con best continuing series went to Nightwing by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. Good for Tom. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Good for the Toms. Yeah, Tom Tom Supremacy, I Good. guess. Good job, Toms. Um, and again, congratulations to Mr. Tiny Onion himself yeah, um, nice. for, mm-hmm. for winning Best Writer. That's awesome. The full list is linked below if you'd like to check out some of the winners and who uh, was nominated um, and didn't okay. get the award. Check it out. And Hall of Fame stuff, all that all that good shit. Yeah. yeah. Marvel Comics. Wait, who just recently Sorry. got... No, no, I, I just heard... I know we were talking about it before, but did someone... Oh, Tim Sale. Tim Sale got into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Tim Sale. We Tim Sale got, was one of the um, was one of the comic book creators who got, who was inducted into the Eisner Hall of Fame. I would say worth it. This was announced. At, these are the Marvel comics that were announced at Comic Con this week. Not all of them, just most of them. There's a lot. Uh, X Men Blue Origins, written by Cy Sperrier and Wilson Santos. It's going to be a one shot. Um, which will act as the definitive origin for Nightcrawler. Woo! <laughs> definitive. This is incredible. This is super incredible because I know you all don't know this original story. We know you've read Modern X-Men with Kakoa and Destiny and Mystique are together, right? They're a lesbian married couple. Um, they, are the, they are the parents of Nightcrawler and, and Rogue. Uh, uh, that, is, that, is the, that is the canon, the, the subtext canon. What happened was because Marvel was homophobic, they were like, no, what if we have Azazel, this demon, uh, be actually be his father? So all these subtexts of him being like, oh, I'm a Catholic guy who looks like a demon and I have trouble with that being a mutant. Mm-hmm. They just actually internalize and like, oh, you actually are a demon. Uh, and it ruined Nightcrawler's character. It ruined the relationship with Mystique and Destiny. It did a whole bunch of nonsense. So Marvel and the X-Men team were like, all right, cool. Let's fix that dumb shit and just let the parents be the parents of these kids. 
Uh, it's, I'm so excited. I love it. Destiny and Mystique are the greatest parent couple, uh, murderous terrorist alive. I love Cy Spurrier, um, so I'm I'm really excited for this also. He's 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 writing the new Flash series, Flash. and I'm and I'm going to pick that up. It's gonna be the first Flash comic I buy in a million years. I'm so excited. Yeah. Punisher. Yeah. Uh, a new Punisher series is coming, written by David Pepos. Peposi. Peposi. Uh, uh, written uh, with art by Dave Watcher. Uh, this is going to see a, a man named Joe Garrison, a Shield Black Ops agent, a retired Shield Black Ops agent, take up the mantle of uh, the Punisher. Um, the uh, David uh, Peposi uh, described John Garrison as the Danny Ketch to Frank Castle's Johnny Blaze. I'm glad. Yeah, that that's fine. Um, this one, I really like. Uh, this guy David. He he's an up and coming guy. He did Savage Avengers. He did a bunch of indie books I really like. So like, I he's an incredible writer. I don't know. Like, I have to really see like what Marvel will let him do with a Punisher book because if this is just I'm an ex Shield guy and something bad happened to me and I kill bad guys, like I just don't care. I really just don't oh. care. No matter how good the book is, like I don't want another just. This is just another Punisher. So uh, I trust the writer to do something different. I'm wondering if Marvel will let him do that. So I'm excited that like. This is a this is the first time the Punisher is getting an actual legacy character uh, that's sticking uh, because he has had, had proteges before that that Marvel wouldn't let them become the Punisher. So I'm I am interested in this like because again like Frank Castle's a character like I think we can move beyond Frank at this point. Um, let him do weird stuff with demons and then being leader of the hand. Um, so like I'm in, I'm really interested in this, but again I need that first issue to actually sell me instead of just oh I need to take out scum because like that's that's boring. I like his I like his outfit. It is it is cool and like um, the ammo belt is like is like the teeth for the skull yeah. part that looks pretty sick. It does feel like there's an opportunity to redefine the Punisher. Yes. So and I and I really again with this yeah. writer I think I think they he is absolutely capable of it. But again, will Marvel allow it to be to be like real? We'll see. Right. Yeah. Celebrating the tenth anniversary of Superior Spider-Man, the release <laughs> we'll see the release of Superior Spider-Man Returns. Um, written by Dan Slott with art by Ryan Stegman, Mark Bagley, Giuseppe Camicoli Camicoli and Humberto Ramos. Uh, this is going to be a one shot, which will see the return of Doc Ock as the superior Spider-Man. To be positive, uh, those are the top four best Spider-Man artists of the past decade. Those That's are all, true. Those are all people who are incredible artists and have worked on Spider-Man and have worked with Dan Slott and other Spider-Writers. So on a positive, that's fine. This is the 10th anniversary of one of the greatest Spider-Man books ever made, and Spider-Man is not in a good spot right now, so we're just going to do old things new again. Um, I don't... I'm sure this book's going to be fine, but again, like, this is just, like, a nostalgia thing, so, like, you know, I'm sure it'll be great. I uh, We'll see. I don't know. So this is spinning out of Dan Slott's Spider-Man, um, which seems to be ending, which will most likely end after they're done with doing their Spider-Verse thing. The end of the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. I think, is the arc they're doing. And then we'll go into Superior Spider-Man Returns, uh, and then it will go into an ongoing Superior Spider-Man comic. Yeah. Uh, the, written by Dan Slott with art by Mark Bagley. The thing that's interesting, uh, Mark Bagley, Mark Bagley is like maybe the best Spider-Man artist. He he just draws like big gangly Spider-People. Yeah, he's, so he's so good. Um, he was the ultimate Spider-Man guy for forever. Um, Long time. I like... I don't, I don't know where Doc is right now in the timeline, but like, I don't, is he, does he want, well, I guess Dan Slott's writing it so he can do whatever he wants, but like, before Dan Slott came onto this book, like, where was 
where was Doc Ock at? Does does he want to be a good person and be Spider Man again? Like, I need a good I need a good reason for this to be happening again. Maybe everything that's happening in Amazing Spider Man, like because Peter's not being a good Spider Man right now, maybe that is inspiring Doc Ock. Who knows? Um, There's a pretty I, prominent rumor going around that Zeb Wells is going to turn Peter into the Green Goblin. I I don't know how that could be possible because they're doing something. God, that is so fun. <laughs> Zeb, do whatever you want in that book, man. Uh, I don't. I love you. Whatever you're doing with Spider-Man is is awful. Um, <laughs> even though, like, I like the main book, like the story stuff is awful. Uh, I don't know. Like this, this is just not for me. It's just not for me. I'm sure yeah. it'll be good, but like, I have Superior Spider-Man from ten years ago, and that book is incredible. I don't need. We're gonna do it again, but different. I don't need that. Yeah, uh, they are apparently. This is spinning out of an arc that Slot had wanted to do in his first superior spider-man run but didn't so he's adapting it for modern spider-man that's fine tons of writers are doing that now the the thing is like is this is this going to be a this takes place 10 years ago or are we just telling that story now and we're just making doc ock into spider-man now and i'm like i think i'd rather just be in like a nostalgic story well it is it is like they're like it's not he's not a clone he's not he is doc ock back as peter parker in modern day spider-man that's that's the thing. Like that's a lot yeah, see, of leaps. If they were doing like the that's same a lot thing, of leaps. If they were doing the same thing as like when we read the Sydney at Spider Man book that yes. we really yeah, enjoyed, it takes place and in like the past. it takes place in that time period. Then just as like here's a story you didn't see from that point in time, I'd yes. be like, yeah, okay, whatever, fine, do it. But it's but not like, like, yeah. in but like Peter's body now, forcing us back into the Superior Spider Man setting. I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> might just be a bad. I would. I'm I'm kind of. I mean, I haven't read Superior Spider Man. Um, I will eventually someday. It's probably gonna be a book club for me one day, but I would. I'm more with Ryan. I would much rather than be like Doc Ock is just like sitting at a table and it's like and just reminiscing about this one time he was Spider Man and I don't know. <laughs> that'd, be, don't know. that'd be funny. That, that'd be funny that's, that's my little two cents about it. Hmm, I was Spider Man once. So move on to DC Comics. Again, not everything announced, just some of the some of the highlights. Oh, real quick. I'm sorry. You, you didn't you didn't put it in the news, and I'm grateful. But there is a giant Marvel event called Gang War coming out, and it's the worst way to do events. It's where every single issue, part one, part two, part three, is in a, a 17 different books, and it's like everyone's mad about it. I'm glad I didn't put it in the news. <laughs> um, there also all right. something with Moon Knight and Power Man. Do you have that news? Timeless. Yes. No, I didn't put timeless. I will here. look that up because that looks incredible. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, I don't know who's writing it. So Ryan looked that up, but it, it's, um, timeless is going to be like a, a, a kind of culmination story, like the last one, um, that will kind of usher in that will, that will like tease future events to come either, either ones that will happen or ones that could happen. All right. First, I want to show you the picture. It is, um, it is, uh, the immortal, uh, power ban versus like a evil, uh, mega, uh, moon knight um let's see um it is written by oh my god it's written by the hive mind colin kelly and jansen lansing art by juan cabal who worked on guardians is incredible um let's see in a devastating future born from the choices of today all of time and space is threatened by the ascension of an ancient evil the immortal moon knight has risen a nightmare born of stark tech the eternal machine that's the eternals and the god of the moon and now all of earth bows before its overwhelming power power man the marvel universe's final living hero uh, has to stop him with the powers of Sentry, the Hulk, and Iron Fist. That just sounds like a big, crazy cosmic nonsense. But the hive mind writing it, those guys rule. Yeah, that that actually does sound really great. Yeah, 
It sounds sick as shit. That cover, <laughs> the cover with Luke Cage with the Iron Fist. Yeah, I love, like, yeah. I love Luke Cage with a big, with a big white beard. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it seems so cool. I also didn't put in Giant Robot Hellboy, uh, which is a three-issue miniseries that Mike Pinola is doing where Hellboy becomes a giant robot. Sure. That also looks very cool. Um, but DC Comics. Yes. Um, I've heard there is a, um, There's also a couple of MonsterVerse comics coming. So that's cool. Um, but they had their kind of... DC Comics had their like movie premiere where they showed a Justice League War World. Um, and at the same panel, they announced what the next two animated features will be coming out next year. Um, hmm, I don't know which one to say. Eh. One of them in the house was an animated feature, an R-rated animated feature based on Watchmen. Neat. Which I think is a mistake. Um, I've been thinking long and hard about this one. Because I, I love Watchmen a lot. I think it is probably the most seminal comic ever made for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether you like it or not, uh, it is important and it is very good. Well, that's true. Um, this is the best way to adapt this. That's true. It is not a movie. It might. It's not a live action anything. If anything, it's a live no, it's action. A, it's an animated movie. So you know, know those DC animated films. It's this. No, I know. I'm saying it shouldn't be a live action show. It shouldn't be a movie. It should be a. It should be a cartoon. But it should be a cartoon TV show. Oh, uh, it, unless this thing is six hours long, just like the movie, you're gonna lose a lot. Gonna lose a lot. Unless it's a part one and two, even then. You're not going to be able to do everything. Well, then, you know what they'll do? They'll show. release it. They'll release a like super extended version, and they'll take the same <laughs> comic pages about the the ship and yeah. from the, the black the, yeah, yeah. yeah from the extended Blu-ray one, and they're just going to slide it right yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, no, I'm kind of in agreement with you. Like, I'd rather an animated like miniseries. Yeah. Uh, if anything, if we're if we're really going to do another Watchmen adaptation, like, I don't know that we need of uh, animated because film. you this is watchman is not something that you can truncate uh because you lose a lot of the value in the small details like like uh snyder clearly misunderstood a lot of the characters and what the story was trying to do with watchman when he made the live action version but pro- part of the problem of why that didn't work was because it was a truncated story yes um even in his most extensive version it's still not getting everything yeah mm-hmm. um and I think an animated film is going to suffer just as much from that choice. Yeah. And I feel like they would have said if it was doing like a part one and two thing. So the fact that they didn't like these movies are generally like 80 minutes long. Like there's no way in hell there's going to be a great adaptation of Watchmen done in in 80 minutes. Um, Again, like I think this is the best way to adapt it is, is an animated form because then you can just do the comic stuff and like all the, all the, the great visuals and stuff. But like so much of what makes Watchmen special is the, the the smaller details and all the subsequent stuff in between the issues about like all like the the fake book and all the police investigations and all like the newspaper articles like Watchmen is not just a comic like it is it is a full thing it is a full ass thing it is weird to have um there's a comic in a comic <clears throat> to have um the Dark Knight Returns and Long Halloween yeah both get two part editions yeah and if Watchmen doesn't that's very strange I'm hoping they just haven't announced it yet I'm hoping I don't think they should be doing Watchmen yeah. right now. I'm I'm kind of there also, Ben. Like I just I don't think I, I think Ryan's right that if they announced we're doing a hard R Watchmen miniseries animated miniseries, I'm like okay, I can kind of see where you're going with this. But a, this kind of film for Watchmen, this team, these people, I don't trust them to do Watchmen, and I don't think Watchmen needs another movie. Yeah, yeah, no. You, it needs I, a. I think after. Sorry, sorry. If I may. 
I think after the television show, but the the HBO television show, which I will still say is one of the best TV shows ever freaking made. Yeah. It is fantastic. Everywhere, for sure. We should not touch Watchmen for a very long time. Well, if Alan Moore had his way, no one would touch Watchmen. And it's true. If Alan Moore did have his way, no one would touch right. no one, Yeah, no one would touch right. it. But I honestly think that Watchmen is as okay. That when I say this, it is not to uh, depreciate the value of the book. It is not to depreciate the value of the television show. It is just because this is how I feel. Watchmen is low hanging fruit. No, hmm. oh, yeah, you're right. As in that, it, as in that is the thing where if Warner Brothers, DC, whomever is like, we need to do something that catches people' attention. Watchmen. Yeah, you're right. Man. That is like the easiest one that they just have to. It's not something high. It's not. No, he's right. It's like you're, you're, you're right, Ben, because uh, Watchmen. So the numbers for these movies aren't great right now. These the sale numbers for these movies aren't great. Watchmen will sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously we don't run DC, we don't run Warner Brothers. They're gonna do whatever the frack they want to do. But I honestly think that putting Watchmen as just a hour and a half, two hour, maybe two and a half hour animated film is a bad idea. Oh, this is I not think they two and a half hours. Obviously not. But at the same time. I don't think this will work. I mean, we all have said anything could be good, but I think Watchmen is just one of those books and it's just one of those properties that DC should not be touching for a very long time. Yeah, the, the Watchmen is... That's just my... T- no, you're, you're, you are right, Ben. Uh, it is absolutely low-hanging fruit. And the problem is, is that Watchmen is so, so effing good that DC needs their other books to be as good as Watchmen. So they will put Watchmen into mm-hmm. everything and anything they can to try to make it feel like it's higher, yeah. it's elevated. Uh, because Watchmen mm-hmm. is not a superhero comic, despite having superheroes in it. That's not the point of it. Um, and they will dilute that thing until Alan Moore is dead, and then they will just do, they will do everything to Watchmen, and it'll be truly awful. Uh, so I'm glad the we're not one, there yet. I mean, I know I really enjoyed the Watchmen film when it first came out back in 2009. It, stuff, um, it? it does have good stuff. But that television show, that is like to me that is like the perfect sequel to Watchmen. that is like the way they made that show was so effing good yeah. it was to me i will still say is i i don't know how al moore thinks it. he probably never saw no. it i honestly think that there's one thing al moore yeah no there's no, I just alan, moore, that show. alan moore will will not like anything that has come from Watchmen. just full stop uh and he'll never watch it watch any of it watch or read any of it yeah Probably not. I don't blame um, him. But if he I, were, I but Dan, that shows. <laughs> but you're right. Like if he were, it you'd want it to be bad. Yes, because yeah. that's like yeah. that's like the the best possible outcome. And now like, now that we've had it, it's kind of like, well, there's nothing else to do with Watchmen, guys. Like yeah. there really wasn't. And then we were proven wrong one time, and we're done now. <laughs> yeah, I am fine with having the graphic novel, the HBO television show, just the one season, just the one and done. And I'm like, I'm good. I am Not set. Everything. I have had my fill. Yeah. I can go off to other things. Let me watch. The one thing I, I want more of is my adventures of Superman. Whereas I don't want more Superman Watchmen. Superman is IP. Watchmen is not IP. Watchmen should not exactly. be IP. That should just be a piece of art that gets Take to it. exist. Take it up with Doomsday Clock. I do. <laughs> I, I did. So, so but, but, ben, but Ben is correct in the in, in the little hanging fruit thing because, as I said, none of these movies have been doing particularly well sales-wise. And you put Watchmen out there as a Blu-ray, people are going to pick it up. Like, mm-hmm. they, they will. They will see Watchmen and they have to... Regardless, they're going to look at the time like, 80 minutes of Watchmen? Cool. Yeah. Wow. My favorite hero That's Rorschach, like... my infallible hero Rorschach, 
Well, that's the thing is like I, I suspect they won't fall into the pitfalls that the live action did. I'm sure it will be slavishly I, faithful. I hope so. Mm. I hope people who like that movie watch the animated one and go, "Ew, this is awful." I'm like, "Yeah, these characters are not good people, you dummies." While, while being truncated. Yeah, while being truncated. We're not yeah. making the same mistakes twice. No, you're making all new ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, what a world. Um, the 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 second animated feature is called Justice League: Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, it is not clear if this will be a Tomorrowverse movie. Most likely will be. This this movie is not a surprise because this has been rumored for a yep. long time to be coming. Yep. Um, it's been kind of known that Hamada has been wanted to do Crisis on Infinite Earths and all the mediums. What this will most likely be is what we have. What has been rumored will have heroes encounter. Uh, uh, Justice Leaguers from across the animated shows, yeah. not not everything, just the animated shows and movies. That makes sense. I am that I'm 100 percent behind. Yeah, so we'll most likely. I think, this, so this is why up top when I talked about Kevin Conroy's Eisner, I think this has Kevin Conroy's final performance as Batman. Ooh. Is that just is that just a guess, or do you have a reason to think he recorded something for this? There were because of the rumors. There were rumors that they were recording that Kevin Conroy was already cast as Batman. Uh-huh. In order to have this come out next year, this will have already had to have been recorded at this mm-hmm. point. So it I wouldn't... do think that Conroy is in this. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Suicide Squad gets delayed again then. Right. Because um... because here's... So, so quickly though, um, the second Adam West Batman anime feature, he had passed away uh before that movie came out but he had yeah. already recorded all of his dialogue i think a similar situation has happened here yeah um i this is a weird time to do a crisis movie yeah in terms of this animated universe i think it's because like Ryan said like we have known about this for a long time i think this is one of their like like they're not making this like i don't think this is gonna be like a like one of like the cheap 80 80 minute ones i think this is kind of a bigger because again, Crisis is not a small comic. That is also a huge, incredibly dense comic. So if you try to also do this in 80 minutes, I'm like, what are we even doing? If they're yeah. do you think they're doing it just like an adaptation of the comic, or are they they're doing it with an original version of their thing? They're doing universe. it with this universe. So we're gonna reset this universe already? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I think, think it's a it's a it's a universe reset. I think it's I think it is just meant to be something that has been in production for a long time a celebration of the previous things kind of like the like the arrowverse i know the arrowverse did like a soft reboot but i think that's what we're looking at here i think this just took so long and maybe the pandemic made it worse but like this is just like a big celebration movie that has all the different types of animation sure almost like like a spider-verse which just not obviously not that caliber uh, but like I something can't. that in has everything that we've ever made together i'm excited to see them yeah. hang out with the titans from teen titans go hell yeah so yeah I, what what is likely we'll see the dcau so we're looking at like terry mcginnis and kevin conroy most likely um and we're we'll probably see the previous dc movie universe the one before the tomorrow verse started would would we because technically aren't they the same a, a pop, yeah because <laughs> they flashpointed into being this version apocalypse or yeah but you know the flashpoint the flashpoint universe still exists in the comics so Maybe it that's still exists think, somewhere. That's why I think it's, it's just going to, it's not going to be a direct adaptation. It is going to be not a resetting thing. It's just going to be, we need to get the multiverse here's, involved. Here's my it's idea. just a multiverse Well, movie. I'll just say, I'll just say this. Yeah. Like, here's my thing. I totally get going back to like the DCAU. Yeah. Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Superman, Batman. I get that. 
I get the appeal Where's of, the of seeing them all show up. Beware Batman. the Batman. That's see, that's more like what I'd expect to see. Seeing anything from the previous DC movies, I'm like, do we need sure. to? <laughs> in, in this, um, are they that, that different? <laughs> like, do we that, need to see them? That's only that 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 is only speculation on my part because of where the Constantine House of Mystery movie ends. I get you. I get you. I'm, I mean, I'm just like engaging with it on a, in like a visual way. I'm like, they don't, that previous era doesn't feel very distinct to me sure. from the current one. Besides some black, a, black in lines. A, in a major way where I'm like, oh man, it's going to be a big deal if we see those guys meet those guys. No, I get you. Yeah. I think, I think this is a nostalgia trip movie yeah. just to combine sure. everything. We'll see Teen Titans back. Um, we, I know yeah. they already did the Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go, but I think we'll see both of them here too. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Either way, I'm actually excited for this. If I'm right, and this is Kevin Conroy's final Batman performance, I'm actually really excited for this. Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, there now, was the season Harley four Quinn, trailer. Now, now you got you got some gas. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you bring Harley Quinn's Batman into this. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm I'm interested. Wild oh, card. <laughs> with with the, this crisis movie introduced. I just can't. I just thought back of my original point with with Watchmen, how the crises are the crises are also low hanging fruit. But that's low hanging fruit. I'm totally okay with. Sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not it's opposed like, to a Crisis on adaptation. Oh no, I like the Arrowverse I, one. I'm, I, yeah, I gotta tell you fine. guys, like the first yeah. we get from the Arrowverse one and everything else that the DC medias have been doing with the multiverse, I'm like, damn, okay. they really did a good job with that Crisis on Infinite Earths. I mean, the CW shows died after that, but like they did a good job. <laughs> A bunch of those yeah. crossovers are pretty good. They've been, they've been building to the crisis for a while, No, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, like, thinking about, like, the Titans had one, and, like, it was, it was like, the Flash, but sadder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Um, the Flash, but sadder, that's great. But, yeah, he, like, I, he just, um... like, he's looking around in a nebulous space and just, like, little, little graphic holes open and you see footage from he talks to grant morrison okay that's pretty cool that is cool that is cool that is is great from animal man that is they are just doing animal man in titans you're right that one that one part of it is really i think that five seconds are pretty cool i agree with you (laughs) yeah and then everything else i don't even know what you're talking about (laughs) um yeah yeah, sure, go for it. Yeah, but the Crisis on Arrowverse one is like people looking at like what the Flash did and bringing back all these heroes from previous entries. Like, yeah, the they Green actually Arrow, Green Arrow Spectre yeah. stuff. Or yeah. Is that a, is that, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brandon Routh returns to Superman. Like, yeah, they did it, man. That was great. I right. I'm excited for this one because if it is going to be a celebration of DC animation, and let's be real, DC animation has had a vast history, not just the the DCAU with Batman, Superman, the Justice League, but also the other shows that a lot of other fans love. Batman, Brave of the yes. Bold, Beware the Batman, the Batman. Um Batman, Batman. Lantern. Batman, Batman, Batman. Yeah, I kind of yeah a lot of bat a lot of Batman. Kind of but also Green Lantern. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but also maybe Green Lantern can show up. That would be cool. Don't give me hope. Brandon, I know you're a fan of that Green Lantern anime series. Oh, that's a good show. Oh. That's a great show. Ben, you're right. Oh, oh I, my god. Did I did I just break did I just break you guys? Do you think Ben here's the thing? Well, I just I didn't think it would be on the table. And you bringing it up, I'm like, I, I just Will DC I be wish, that bold? No, I don't think so. That's what I'm saying. Green Lantern, the animated series, ends with a fight with the anti-monitor. Yeah. Hey, it's me. Um, real quickly, 
DC Animation, just the studio of DC Animation, whatever, whoever, all the, all, have been trying to end Green Lantern, the animated series, in other DC animated shows for years. I, what if they did it? I what mean, if they cool. finally did it? Look, man, you're not going to hear a single complaint from me yeah. if that whole crew comes back because that show was. I just don't. That have show was the good faith. as shit. It's true. It, it went so it, good. Yeah. That oh. after the ending of that show went through Justice League action and then Young Justice. We weren't doing the podcast stuff the way we are now when that show was on. Yeah. And I wish we were, because I would have talked the shit out of that show. It was a different time. Man, that was a good show. Future, anyway, future animation station. Then uh, that's, that's super I just, cool. I don't have faith in them to be that bold. Yeah. Nah. But that would be cool if they did. And also, because just just the fact that already this 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 crisis film is being set up to be in this celebration of the animation shows and like you just even mentioned young justice i honestly would love to see bruce greenwood as i mean uh, it's another batman but even the young justice kids show up in this yeah i think that i mean once again will they be that bold and crazy probably not but at the same time as long as this crisis film is a celebration of all dc animated properties or all dc animated superhero stuff that we have gotten over the past 35 40 plus years give or take Fleischer superman but yeah <laughs> Why let's not? bring a Fleischer superman honestly, i loved those old cartoons Spider-Man did it honestly that'd be cool as shit yeah, yeah. uh lego batman Ooh, lego the, batman the you know what screw it bring in the super friends sure challengers bring in right. bring in uh the the legion of superheroes show that had yeah. yeah bring in aquaman I, everyone's favorite aquaman from that show you know what I just cannot believe that I broke Brandon with the mention of Green Lantern, and he was sitting there going, "What? Is, why is he talking about Green?" No, it's just it. It just I just didn't realize. I just didn't put two and two together that if the if the team behind many of these projects, many of these animated shows, have been trying to find ways to to wrap up the ending of Green Lantern, the animated I, series, in the other shows, I didn't think that like, oh, they could have just yeah. figured it out here. A, a final note on this before we move on is yeah. just. Uh, if all of these sound super interesting and when it is just uh our our tim sale you know D, uh, uh sorry uh our our dc bruce tim yes bruce tim our dcau universe uh, the, the original one with the batman superman justice league justice league unlimited and then just the previous era of the movies and that's it uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be like yeah well all right because all this cool shit is on the table and i'd rather see all this shit instead of the previous era of movies show up. Yeah. We'll learn more mm -hmm. next year. I think Watchmen will be the first one, which kind of sucks. <laughs> like, I'd rather it reversed. Yeah. All right. Uh, comics now. Av uh, uh, outsiders. Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing are going to be uh, rebooting The Outsiders for DC oh, Comics. Uh, it's going to be a 12-issue series that will see Batwoman and Batwing uh, take over the team. Uh, they call it a weird pulpy adventure book the 12 issue thing makes me really excited because generally when dc again tom king is the master of this like you give someone 12 issues to do what they want it's generally gonna be pretty dope right the team's really cool on this i'm really excited yeah. for for all the weird people on this team batman gargoyles of gotham this is not a new announcement we kind of knew this was already coming but this was like a this is coming out in october and here's a first look announcement <clears throat> So this is by Rafael Grandpa, uh, with uh, colors by Mateus Lopez. Love it. It's gonna be a four issue miniseries coming out every, uh, twice a month, I think I said, mm -hmm. or every other month. It's Black Label. 
Sure. Um, Are you laughing at Grandpa, Ben? Okay. No. I'm laughing because I know it's not happening, and I just thought it'd be really Bar- funny. G- G- Gargoyle crossover? <laughs> yes! Oh, Batman that. hanging out with Goliath. Can you imagine Batman and Goliath going through Gotham that City would, through the night I sky? Would that would be it. the dopest shit. Bring the gargoyles to Gotham. Bro, that's a so Disney good. that that sucks. That like sometimes I like that'll it's never. It's not happen. happening. That will never. It's happen. not happening. But how bad? Someone, you know what? F it. I might find an artist somehow Gar- to commission that. There's shit. a way Because I think that's badass. Gargoyles was so clearly spiritually the answer Disney had to the Batman series. Yes. Like it's yes. so it's so very obvious that that's what they were going for, and and nailed it to their credit. True. Um, Brandon, yeah, that'd be incredible. Brandon, I'm sorry for for putting in my my stump thing. I'll be quiet, but I just thought God, was... like honestly, you get me so hyped with just a poster that's like it's even just their black silhouette. Yes, but it's the one where like you see Goliath's wings up and you just see the white eyes and the white eyes on Batman. They're both just their dark silhouettes standing next to each other in the rain. Yeah, I'm imagining I'm the, Dar- the Dark Knight Returns cover where Batman's in the lightning, but also Goliath is there. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm 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 mad at Ben. For bringing that into my my, my life, yeah. yeah. Another cool thing we will never get because of corporations. I, guys, I don't know what's with me today. I want a freaking roll. Good idea, Jim Batman. Right? Batman Gargoyles of Gotham will be will center on a version of the Dark Knight who has decided well, to abandon his identity as Bruce Wayne and live as Batman on a full time basis. Ooh, I don't. We actually haven't really okay. done many of those types of stories. I don't think. That sounds okay. It'll, be, cool. it'll kind of be like a descent into madness kind of story as he's trying to what, deal with that. What is Batman walking away from the trash can leaving behind? That's like Bruce Wayne. He's leaving Bruce <laughs> like Wayne in the dumpster. Two hundred dollar like underwear. Yeah, yeah. And, like nice shoes. <laughs> His wallet's just hanging on yeah. the side. Hundreds falling out. <laughs> His Rolex is just yeah. Bruce there. Wayne no more. Yeah. <laughs> he throws it be his tuxedo. Would be his tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. It would be his tuxedo. What'd you say, Ryan? A Lamborghini in the trash. The whole thing. <laughs> oh my god. It's just the big dumpster or he Lamborghini's thinking puts... out. He's walking away. <laughs> he just takes a trash can, puts up to down, puts it on the roof of a Lambo, and says, Garbage now. Garbage day. Neil before Zod was announced this week also. Um, written by Joe Casey with art by Dan McDade. Uh, which was going to be a book set in the final days of Krypton as Zod seeks revenge on the House of L. I'm into that. I think that's cool. Yeah. I really like the creative team. Uh, and I'm sure this is a story that's been told a bunch, but like, you know, it's always fun to get a new, a newer perspective with new art yeah. and stuff. That sounds cool. Yeah. All right. Godzilla versus Kong versus the Justice League. Knew it was coming. Huh? Yeah. Um, Godzilla vs. Kong vs. the Justice League will be written by Brian Buccioletto with art by Drew Johnson and Christian Duce. This is going to be the Monsterverse Godzilla and Kong. Uh, So it's a legendary DC crossover event. That's what they're calling it. Seven issues. There are other Monsterverse monsters in this. The plot that Buccioletto talked about at the convention was that because this Monsterverse Godzilla is like part of the balance like you know has to keep the balance of, of, of nature when he appears in the dc universe the balance is so far out of whack because of all the heroes and villains that he decides to just go go ham on everyone sure which i think is kind of fun sure well yeah I'm, coming out I'm, in October. I'm impressed at seven issues yeah i thought Me it was going to be like four or five when i was first seeing the images coming out for it yes seven makes me believe that there's actually like 
some some story to. I tell. really hope so. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm. I will need to read the first issue. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sold just because like Superman could like like I'm I'm this is like me being dumb. Like Superman could take these both out like with like an instant. So like whatever the story is that like makes it to like the entire Justice League <laughs> cannot defeat King Kong. Um, I'm I like if this were like Spider Man or like you know uh, the Avengers, it's like the power dynamics a little different. Um, sure. so I need a better story to give me a reason. Cause like, I don't need Superman to fight Godzilla. Honestly, I, it's not the, that's not the five-year-old fight in my mind, I imagine. What's interesting that you say that is that Ultraman is about to fight the Marvel universe. That makes, well, he's in the Marvel universe now. That told, that makes more sense to me. That, that, that feels like a, a, uh, a one-to-one I'm okay with. I always, <laughs> I always have this mental idea that like the way power scaling works is, if you're in your universe, your powers are are like priority. So like if Superman visited the MonsterVerse, yes. his powers would scale down. Sure. So Godzilla would be more powerful. Sure. But sure. because they're coming to the DC universe, I, I kind of agree with you where I'm like, uh, what's Godzilla gonna do? I, I'll even like even like Godzilla can like shoot atomic breath. Like King Kong's just a big monkey and like we have small monkeys <laughs> who can do mind control. So like I just like I personally don't give a shit about Superman fighting King Holy Kong shit. whatsoever. Okay, but if Kong like, is like leading Grodd. Grodd's army. <laughs> See, that's where it gets fun. In seven issues, I'm like, what the hell long form story are you telling here? That could happen. I mean, I could I'm just imagining Superman fighting Kong goes, Man, did Titano get bigger? Well that's that's the that's the thing about about the monsterverse versions is that none of these are villains godzilla and kong aren't villains um i definitely don't think that as for a versus title i feel like this is like justice league versus power rangers where they fight for a bit and they're friends yeah Um, yeah i'm sure that's true yes even still i think that's what's that's what's going on here yeah like superman still like i think like again like there's gonna be a story reason but like all these monsters are probably more powerful but like superman fights giant monsters like it's nothing it's guy again loaded on kryptonite See there you go. If like if it's like I, in, if oh Space Godzilla, I got it. I got. I literally, guys. I, oh, you're so right. I, this is going to be in the comics. Space Godzilla is going to have kryptonite uh, crystals on his on his body. That's going to happen I, in the story. I'm calling it now. I hate. To, I I wish you were right, but this is just MonsterVerse. Oh, then it's boring. Then I don't care anymore. Oh, actually, that's right. It's boring. <laughs> it's going to be boring. So it's Rodan, Mothra, Ghidorah, and, and then. The other ones that were introduced, Wonder Woman and Superman would have literally no problems fighting. So, like, I'm sure it'll be fun. Like, I am definitely bringing like oh, I'm being a nerd well, here, but like this is like I mean, this doesn't seem I mean, they can they can do Space Godzilla if they don't call it Space Godzilla. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they can make a new monster and be like, it's like it's, it's, it just it looks like Godzilla, but it's got kryptonite crystals. Man, that looks kind of familiar. Again, this isn't like it's but canon. But it didn't come from space, yeah, so I don't like, know. This is canon to the comics, not to the movies. Like, like I'm not like... No, but it depends on who, who they have the rights to. Sure. I'm not going to watch the next MonsterVerse movie and go like, man, I know Superman's off somewhere not doing something right now. Like, that's not that's not the world we live in. Well, no, of course not, because this yeah. is a crossover where Godzilla and Kong pop into their universe. Yeah. Um, I meant, I meant, who has Toho given... Mm-hmm legendary the rights to use right as far as monsters not from the monsterverse yeah, i mean it's just um, it's just a different godzilla it's not space godzilla wink right yeah and right. See, that's why they can't the, just be like space godzilla then the fear is like oh we want to use space godzilla in the movie so you can't use them in this comic so we're just gonna get like the lamest villains that they can get we'll see. <laughs> yeah i've actually always been curious to know if monsterverse if legendary would try to get the rights to space godzilla or if they would want to try and get personally i think they should go for gigan I think but they want to. Gigan would be cool. Like, yeah. deep, deep in my soul, I believe Gigan is the desire. I they do it's chase boy. And Hedera. It's just really Honestly, you can do Hedera again. You can do Biolante easy with that environment. Oh my god. Yeah, it's easy. 
it's really tough. Biolante has been on my wish list for a long time. Um, it's really tough for Legendary and Warner Brothers to use uh, other Toho Kaiju because each one of them comes with their own price tag. Yes, um, yes. So it can become very, very expensive after a while. I think. Yeah, they have. I money. think for for me, yeah. like. Again, because this is seven issues, that is a long time to tell this type of story. Maybe there is a version where the Justice League does get transported to Skull Island or something, and their powers get diminished, and they have to be like they have to survive as humans or something. That like that sounds okay. But if it's but if it is the entire Justice League at their full capacity having to fight a bunch of monsters, and it's like we're having trouble fighting King Kong, and I'm like I don't why we'll have to see we'll have to see. I need I need a I need a good story. The art as Donny Cates as Donny Cates always said um the the winner of the battle is whoever the writer needs to win for the plot um i personally am trepidatiously excited for this um i really do like the art as as sparks just mentioned the art i think is really great Mm -hmm. brian buccioletto is not the first person i'd probably trust with a seven issue version of the story so i'm curious to know what this is going to be because it's not just going to be kong and superman duking it out there's yeah. more to this like a lot more to this yeah so i'm curious what that is uh the bare minimum i'm hoping for is that it just gets a little more interest and popularity for the monsterverse comics because like they're not all good but like when they are good they're really good yeah and i want more storytelling there because lord knows we're not always getting it in the movies true that uh, there's a MonsterVerse declassified book coming out that legendary is putting out this isn't in the news but it's um going to be a not i guess it's a, i guess it's technically a comic but it's like a a book of all the monsters that have been introduced in the monsterverse including ones from godzilla x kong new empire sure. right on. which i think is kind of cool um also the tabletop role playing game looks like a lot of fun hmm. star trek news <laughs> uh, i'll kind of kill <laughs> um take I a, actually there should be like a little... angry with that one that. <laughs> i triggered something there should inside be like a little <laughs> now i kind of wish we had a little dinger this episode that ha- make a ding every time some one of us breaks brandon today sure. <laughs> like a like the killing the cr- killing krillin own count from krillin own count yeah <laughs> yeah all right um this is this year is the 50th anniversary of Star Trek the animated series. So in order to do that, they canceled Star Trek Prodigy. Yay! No, um, they uh, they are actually going to do a series of short films or short episodes. I don't. We don't know how long they're going to be. Um, five of them in total, uh, drawn and written by Casper Kelly, which is going to be about characters like well Riker quark and saru are the three that we know now there's five of them in total and it's in the style of star trek the animated series that old filmation animation style that's cool that's cool yeah i'm glad they're celebrating that real quick just because you brought prodigy um shouts to you know paramount hearing the fans they're they're making sure they're getting that blu-ray out for the second half of the season yes uh really happy about that finally get the full season out on blu-ray i mean you could just put it back on paramount plus but whatever yeah i mean you could just do that (laughs) i mean do both do both um yeah i i think this is a really cool idea um they've been there's been a popularity of filmation uh star trek for a while because of um there's a gentleman i forgot his name now uh, who did a star trek the animated series style of an episode of next generation and voyager um and it looks very cool uh in that style and it's also cool that like 
Jonathan Frakes, Armin Shimmerman, and Doug Jones are going to voice their characters in this. Yeah, of course. That's that's a cool way to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is a show the three of us watch. That's true. Has announced that its ninth episode will be Star Trek's very first musical episode called Subspace Rhapsody. It's giving it's giving once more with feeling, and I don't hate it. Buffy. Same. Yeah. Same. Uh, the, there is a trailer for specifically that episode that is out. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Nope. I saw watched some of it, but not all of it. Yeah. Looks very fun. I think it's wild. Uh, Star Trek has never done a musical episode before, and I'm glad they finally found an excuse. Um, uh, yeah. Kirk's back, I guess. I think Paul Wesley can uh, sing, which is why. It feels very much like, um, what's the crossover Supergirl, The Flash crossover musical episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It feels like that. Like they're getting all the characters that they know can sing to Yeah, yeah sing. because they're, yeah, yeah, where they, they like uh, turned John Barrowman into someone's dad. Uh, Barry's yeah. Dad, I think. I think Barry's dad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the story, just because John Barrowman can sing. And mm-hmm. so they wanted to have a, a song about the dads both singing. It was Darren Chris, right? Yeah, yeah. Darren Chris playing music playing, Meister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had like everybody everybody singing and like Iris's dad could already sing, so like it didn't yeah. matter. But... That, was, that was a fun episode. I, it was a fun episode. That's really good. That was a fun episode. Ice cream. Um, yeah, so this feels very much like that. Like we have singers on this crew. Let's make let's make them do it. Yeah. yeah. Chapel yeah. chapels gonna have a big number clearly. Ooh, good eye. Yeah. excited for jess bush and then they also released a trailer for star trek lower decks season four they also did a discovery thing i think it looks very fun but that's really all i have to say about it um so does, star trek lower decks. does lower decks just keep going until it runs out of movie posters to parody i assume and hope <laughs> <laughs> because every because i'm glad you i'm glad you were at least told that but yes um the season uh, posters are parodying like Star Trek the Motion Picture for season one, Wrath of Khan for season two, Search for Spock for season three, and now Voyage Wrath, Home for season four. Wrath of Khan is a very famous poster, so I've seen it. And so when I saw the cover for two, it was very obvious to me what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's very cool. But anyway, this season <clears throat> looks great. Uh, I, it, 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 I know, Ben, you're far behind on Lower Decks. I. I am, but Lower Decks is a show that I always want to. It's it's I'm the for it's in the back of my mind. It's like I need to get back to Lower Decks, but other things are taking the are have been coming up. But I do love Lower Decks. Yeah. It truly is a fantastic Star Trek show, and the fact that we're still getting more just makes me super happy. It looks like the Lower Decks crew are up for promotions, which is going to be interesting because they will no longer be hashtag Lower Decks. Um, lower Decks, Lower Decks, Lower Decks, Lower. Um. And there's also a reference to the episode for the Strange New Worlds episode crossover, which I thought was kind of cute. Um, yeah, it looks really cool. It looks really wacky in the fun Star Trek 60s way, but with uh, with um, crazy Star Trek 24th century characters. Yeah, um, I had a more specific thing I wanted to say about it, but it's gone now. It looks very good. Cool. Rick and Morty, the anime. We're in trailers now. From now on, these are Comic-Con trailers, but like from now on, it's just trailers. So, burp, burp, it's me. Hey, it's me. I'm not in jail, Morty. Rick and Morty, the anime. Yeah. Um. Really, what we get is the intro and then discussion about what the anime can be. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, uh, 
it I'm glad that you know like again uh as we've spotlighted before when actual Japanese like creators get their hands on making an anime adaptation and it's not just like fed through the you know like te- playing a game of telephone of like well I watch a lot of anime and I, but I'm a western creator and yeah. I'm just going to regurgitate out what I think anime is yeah um it, it there's a lot of like really popping style that is very very much of the of the medium and i'm i'm very appealed to it uh i i'm certainly hoping like it i'm intrigued by the statement of by the end of it i think the entire thing this entire 10 episode jaunt will have given you all the feelings of what watching rick and morty is and i'm like that's a statement like um, to say like this whole thing is just kind of a vibe piece of rick and morty i'm really interested what got me really interested was the guy saying uh, I I wanted to encapsulate everything I love about Rick and Morty, all the elements I love about Rick and Morty in these ten episodes, while giving them a Japanese twist. And I'm like, yeah. that's really interesting. I'm so curious what that is. Yeah. Uzumaki. Woo! Yeah. Uh, we still don't know uh, an exact release date. Hopefully, sometime next year. It was supposed um, to come out last October. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it's been on the dockets for for some time, but yeah. um, I don't. I honestly delay it as much as you need to. Uzumaki is a incredible piece of work and to have it adapted in this way where they're so painstakingly and lovingly turning it like adaptations i i kind of prefer that you you know kind of make your own thing with it but when you're doing like the comic or manga to to animation adaptation like i don't hate when you go like slavish to it especially when it's this artistic so when it's someone with a unique vision you want to see that vision through it is very much the manga just in motion yes but it looks really good i was shocked how good it looks uh there were certain points when the animation almost looked like it was like rotoscope where like when they were moving it was like so smooth and i'm like oh my god they're really putting effort behind this um and it is so uh it's like a two and a half minute trailer and it's kind of like we're seeing like a scene we're not it's not like a trailer it's a scene um and it's like so well paced and it's like it's taking its time it's not trying to rush anything it's like it's setting into the atmosphere uh and it just looks it looks incredible and the most the, the coolest thing not the coolest thing one of the coolest things is that the person doing the music for it it was the composer for hereditary of a24's spookiest movie so it's gonna have the grossest vibes it's gonna sound awful in the best way i'm so excited yeah i, I think this looks awesome uh, i've been looking forward to it ever since we had, it was announced um in 2019 i think mm-hmm. um so so i'm i really love how the spirals have been animated into the into the world uh and then the the dad going crazy is like mm-hmm. oh, he can't even get into the bath unless it's a whirlpool and i i just really liked it yeah yeah ben did you watch that one i did not oh, that's okay, okay ben. because i i I reversing it on our text thread last night but then when i woke up this morning i was watching the rest of the trailers i hadn't seen yes. yet i completely missed it because it wasn't on the, uh, okay. the docket but but everything that you guys have just said, I know Juji Ito's art style, and it's gorgeous, and it's horrifying, but everything you guys said sounds like one of my worst nightmares, so I'm like, I, I would, yikes. I would like to do a book club special on the manga. I know it's big, I, but like when the show comes around... Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. I think that would be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, there are two very, very disturbing sequences in particular. There's a lot in there, but like, there's two in particular that I'm like, an animation with that music... That's nightmares. Give me nightmares. Mortal Kombat Legends cage match. Oh. I'm so glad they're still doing these. Yeah. 
and and I... that it's not just like we're not just telling another like straightforward story. This is very much like yo this is like it is it's like it takes place like not maybe not 1980 1980s but it is all of the 80s aesthetics and it's the music and it's the people involved and it's like it feels old in a good way honestly that's why i love yes. this so much yeah. is because it's 1980 something and it's like you got it's like 1980 something or 1990 something or very early like 89 90 where you have the it's 80s the crazy yeah you got the crazy synth wave the shoulder pads the cars the 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 neon retros even the logo looks something out of the 80s and i'm like i love this aesthetic i absolutely adore it and i i'm for it actually the movie itself looks pretty good johnny cage isn't one of my favorite mortal Kombat characters but after seeing the trailer, i was like yo i might be down for a cage match let's go I really okay like, i really like joel McHale as Johnny Cage, um, and I've I, I've only seen the first two: Scorpion's Revenge and Battle of the Realms. Battle Realm Battle? I don't remember. Um, I haven't seen Snow Blind yet, but I I really like these, and I'm glad that they're still doing this cool little Mortal Kombat universe in animated yeah. format. Um, and I really like how they visualize Johnny's powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they really nailed that. Yeah, these movies must be doing well <laughs> enough if they're if this is the fourth one that they're yeah. making, like. Like, I would have assumed, like, with how Warner Brothers is going, like, yeah, let's just scrap this animated Mortal Kombat thing. Who cares? But, like, they seem to be doing well enough, and, like, that's awesome. Yeah, I hope yeah. I hope that trend continues, because I think it, this is a cool way to engage with Mortal Kombat stuff. And, again, like, just this being very unique compared to the previous yeah. three, um, and really letting Mikhail get on his bullshit with Johnny Cage yeah. is really, really fun. Um, I'm, I'm excited to catch up on these. Uh, Me too. We're going to have a big Mortal Kombat back half of this year. So. I really hope so. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited to, yeah, like like you said, like this little Mortal Kombat universe, like, you know, it is the things that we're, that we know, but, you know, in its own, its own flair. I think that's really cool. And it's like, every movie can be different. Like if the next one wants to be about like the Dragon King Onaga and be like a horror movie, that they can do that. Like this movie looks like a cheesy 80s movie as opposed to the last couple movies. I'm like, that's really cool that they can like be inventive uh, and still be successful. So like, I hope we see like 10 of these and like every character has its own genre. Like that could be a really cool, like, sub sub little universe yeah yeah uh, speaking of mortal kombat though mortal kombat one um trailer <laughs> dude how does this game look so good oh my god i can't handle it the game the game continues to look good the main reason i want to keep this trailer on here is because we we learn a, a new change in lore that is pretty pretty cool pretty dope um, as hell which comes from baraka yes where they're no longer a species they are people who have been allowed to suffer yes um at the hands of debilitating disease uh that is eating away at them literally and disfiguring them yep. and being cast that's out how we of it. that's how we get melina in yeah. this one yeah she gets, she gets yeah. uh, thrilling little I, change yeah I, you know what mortal kombat one just jumped on i need to buy this when it comes out <laughs> because just i mean don't get me wrong mortal kombat one I was always I was excited about it. I was like, this game is gonna be awesome. I love what how they're changing the, the stories. But then what the second with Melina as the princess and she's diseased and she has all that like that lore change that Sparks just mentioned. I'm like, oh, everything's ben, different did you watch now. I last week's trailer about uh about smoke and scorpion and sub zero and all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I will I will yeah I saw the Lin Kuei trailer that shit's awesome yeah, I'm I'm very excited honestly for us all to get to sit down and go through this story because there's so much. There's so much being thought about on the table here, and they've given so much to these characters, especially like seeing Melina's like pre 
uh history stuff yeah. and like all this tiger usage with her powers and oh, man it looks so um cool. so i think that was actually Lima using the tiger stuff because melina yeah. yeah but the thing but what is so cool about this specific trailer it focuses on a lot of the a lot of the female characters and like Lee May and Tanya, these are those are probably the two like least important Mortal Kombat characters of all time. Like they were in one game and then like they get mentioned maybe like once in a comic, maybe, right? They're they are nothing. So like the fact that they're being given this high priority instead of giving it to, you know, to Sonya, who's been in every single game, like these new characters, also the, these these diverse characters that have a more diverse cast, which every game has been getting more diverse and they're diverse. And actually and actually having people of color and Asian people play people of color and Asian people instead of white people, it's it's great. Like, like this game is looking to be like the most incredible fighting game ever made. Like I am, I am in all the cameo stuff. Like Jesus, dude. Like as far as we know, this it. is this is only set in the the far past. Uh, so we won't see. I don't know. Will we see Johnny Cage or, or Sonya's not in this? The trailer with Johnny Cage in it. We're in his mansion. Yeah, I thought fighting. Johnny. Ca I thought I thought Cage was was just a cameo. No, I don't think he, he was a character. No, the trailer cameo. we watched, like he is a playable character. Where we are in his mansion. It takes place in the modern day. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, the, the, I, I think Kino was a cameo. Yeah. yeah, a lot of lot of lore stuff has been changed. It's going to be interesting to see. Like this, this is Mortal Kombat One. It just means it's like this is the nineties. No, I know. I just, I know. I, it, I I know what what I what I remember when we see Kung Lao is that it's not modern Kung Lao. It's his ancestor, the the great Kung Lao, and that's what cued me into. Oh, this is only this is just the past. We're not going to the future. No, it's it's because that this also takes place with like ninjas and monks and stuff like that's just happening in their monk territory but then we also go to los angeles where johnny cage is i think i think also like because we don't have all the details yet brandon it does seem to me like that you know what luke king has done is like he's kind of quashed the timeline in on some events to make them closer to each other uh mm -hmm. that's what it seems like anyway it's, we need to play 11 <laughs> we need to play 11 um adventure time fiona and cake sparks yeah what's i'll up? be honest i didn't believe this was coming anymore yeah I, I i kind of figured like one way or another we were probably gonna end up with something even if it ended up just being a special yeah um, i'm yeah, very happy sweet. with this i think yeah. it looks lovely uh what was the what was the 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 the, the flat the the two-dimensional shadow dude in this cube we see that cube in this prismo in this trailer prismo thank you yeah Prismo. We see, um, we see the the cube he lives in in this trailer. Yeah, Prismo. Prismo kind of lives outside the multiverse, um, in, in a sense, at least in Adventure Times context. Uh, so I think we're getting. It seems like we're getting a Fiona and Cake rendition. Like they're stuck in the same thing that kind of happened to Finn at one point in the show, related to Prismo, where he ends up in the world where where before the nuke has gone off and he's with his family and everything. Um, and it feels like we're kind of in something similar and Simon's there. Who knows why stuff's happening. Well, the, the first ever thing we heard about this is that this is a multiversal adventure with Simon and Fiona and cake. Yeah. That seems very clear that that's happening. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for this. We get a lot of hints that we're going to really dive into more about Simon. Um, distant lands kind of left Simon in an interesting place, mostly because it doesn't focus on him at all. Um, and we get a flashback to Simon and Marceline uh, in this trailer before he was the Ice King. Yeah. You, but just after he found the crown, so you see that. And so I'm like, I'm really, I'm really curious what the story is going to be. It looks crazy. It looks unhinged in the best way possible. It looks 
completely impenetrable I'm, to anybody outside of Adventure Time fandom. I'm, I'm going to propose something to you, Brandon, that I've been wondering if, if it is the story. I wonder if this is not Simon post-Adventure Time in Distant Lands, but this is Simon pre-Ice King. And that this is oh. why he's been obsessed with Fiona and Cake the entire time that he was the Ice King, is because he had this adventure before he ended up back in That's Ooh, a Doctor Who shit. Because we do know that we first learn of Fiona Cake as as fan fiction, and then we find out it's memories being beamed into his head. Right. So, yeah. So, it, so instead of being a sequel, this ends up being a prequel. Right. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if this exists as something Simon ended up caught up in in trying to prevent becoming the Ice King, and ultimately fails at the end. Rip be interesting to see i'm really excited i'm glad we're getting this can't wait because i don't i just like we're seeing a lot of shots about like a lot of focus on him with the white hair starting to come in and things like that and i just don't think we would put simon back in a position where he's going to become the ice king again so i'm wondering well, if that's like, what's on the table so the way i interpret it is that, that because i also saw wrinkles is that he's growing older not turning into the ice king so i thought maybe that's kind of my headspace going into like this is a sequel thing you know it could be it could be i'm not i'm not ruling that out i've just i've been thinking about it for a while because i'm like it would make sense if he had this entire adventure with fiona and cake that he is like his last thing he does before he's completely consumed in the ice king identity right um all right spider-man 2 story trailer harry's venom oh yeah didn't we know that no Everyone I was, was hopefully speculating that it'd do something new and interesting, but you start the trailer with him talking about curing the city, and then you end the trailer with Venom saying, we're going to cure the city. And I'm like, I hope that's misdirect. I hope that's a big misdirect. Well, I felt, I felt like also at one point in the creators be like, you don't know who Venom yes. is. And I'm like, don't we? I think this is an argument. <laughs> I always, I always, but like at that, I, th I never understood that statement because at the end of this, at the end of both video games, it's ended with Harry with the with the Venom symbiote around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I always assumed when Venom was announced to be this. I always, I there was never an ounce of me that didn't assume from the from the get that this yeah. was Harry Osborn. See, I didn't want that because that's the boring way to go instead of having it be Craven or having it be Peter or something like that. The only way I see it's not Harry is if it's Norman. I I think that's, that's the only. I don't, that's the only way I see it not being. Harry. I think they're building Norman up to be the big bad for three. With how much more he's in this game, like mm. I, I, I don't think they want to waste Norman specifically because you got Craven too. So like, I just hope it's not. I hope it's gonna be really interesting because being a open world Spider-Man game where when you beat the game you can still play the game after. Are you still gonna have the Venom powers when you beat this game? And I, and I, and I'm very curious how the game will end because like we're not gonna go into Spider-Man three with the Venom suit, right? Like that doesn't. I'm very curious. This is an interesting know... having the Venom suit in this and like using the powers is very interesting for like completing the game and where the story will be. I'm very interested in that aspect. This trailer makes it pretty apparent that we're going to play as Venom, not just Symbia Spider-Man. I hope so. Mm -hmm. Hell, yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man, um, baby. Which would be a lot of fun to do again. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I, I for for the most part, I really enjoyed this trailer. I don't like Mary Jane's new face model. Um, I'll be honest, some of the face, not the models, uh, I agree with Mary Jane, but um, some of the facial animation doesn't look very good in my opinion, and maybe because mm -hmm. we're still out they can fix that, but I do think some of it's a little, looks a little wonky, um, but you know, it's not like, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I've kind of gotten used to Peter's new face, and I think it's actually improved in, in this in this game a little bit. It does look, look better, yeah. But Mary Jane is just, they did it again, it's just a completely new face, it's, there's I nothing still... <clears throat> original about it. 
I still just don't think that face matches the voice. And that's my big thing. The trailer started and I was with Ryan. And so it's like, it showed Harry and, and he was like, Hey Harry. And then it showed Peter. And I was like, Oh, Hey stranger. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is funny. If you are someone who only had a PS4 and you didn't get a P- remastered PS5 Spider-Man, you come to this game uh, again. It, oh, you have to apply miles. He would have been in miles. That's so never mm-hmm. mind. But if you skip miles for some reason, then you're getting a brand new Peter Parker. And that's going to be really funny. Yeah, Ryan, Ben, if you skip Miles for some reason. Racism! Uh, yeah, Ben. <laughs> yeah, Ben. <laughs> that's what I, I wasn't going to say. That's not what I meant. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Um, I love that. Uh, I, there's a moment where um, in this trailer where uh, the Venom, the Spider-Man symbiote is on top of Lizard. And it looks like he is either A, trying to contain him, or B, he is sucking up the Venom from the Lizard. So I'm hoping that there are a bunch of cool boss fights where much of people get to be venomized versions of themselves, much like the underrated Spider-Man Web of Shadows video game. Mm, interesting. I I thought it was I thought we were gonna see him ride the lizard. I thought that was like he was wrangling him to start oh, riding no, him. I, just like in the Rhino sequence in Miles, I guarantee that will also be a sequence. You're like, yeah. oh, partner. <laughs> There's a bear in these woods. Grizzly, Grizzly shows up, who is a sealess character. I'm like, hell yeah, Grizzly! Just a dude in a bear suit. Hell yeah. One Piece. Uh, it is a significantly better looking trailer than the first one, True. while still, I think, not escaping that made for YouTube by a fan kind of vibe for the majority of the shots. Yeah, but there is more on the table that impresses me here. I agree. I like the wire work. Uh, I completely skipped it. I'm sorry, Ben. I skipped this trailer. I'm like, nope. Oh, I don't want to watch it. I think, I think you should watch it. Like, it's it's a better trailer. Like, I, I'm I'm now more mixed about if I want to actually give it a shot or not. Um, yeah, it because doesn't. It's 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 definitely got. It has a lot more on the table than I thought it did. I will say, okay. the, like, I feel the passion from the actors, from some of the actors, like like the guy playing Luffy, the main guy. Like, he seems like. He seems like he's really invested in like being this like silly pirate kid. He's he is a kid, right? So like, I, I I do wish it was a lot more colorful for what it's adapting. But I do think some of the costume work is really great. Like the clown, the clown stuff the, specifically looks really cool. I really the shot like that. of his body coming apart. And, yeah, I and, think like, that's doing the stuff. I'm like. the longest running anime series of all time and you're trying to adapt it into a live action thing and i'm just like i just don't know how it's gonna adapt honestly like i don't think it looks yeah. quite as like i'm not as worried as like cowboy bebop but like i'm not like jones in the watch it either i thought cowboy bebop was better than this honestly sure um yeah i thought there was more style in cowboy bebop's editing specifically at least oh, we sure, were led yeah. to believe yeah, yeah um yeah. but here i was impressed actually uh, by the wire work um, there's actually a, a fair amount of pretty good wire work to uh, approximate some of the anime wall runs or like the the, the high kick we see a little, yeah, later, that, a little that, later. There's that shot where it like comes down around and they're like in a in a little like ro- creek area and a guy comes flying out of the side of the screen, kicks the other guy. Yes. Uh, and I was like, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Um, all right. Invincible season two. Go back to when we watched the season one trailer and that voice cast got thrown up. Now do it all again. But more. But more. So 
So I won't say the entire voice cast, but I do have it. I'm just going to pick out. So we know that Sterling K. Brown is going to play Angstrom Levy, uh, which I think is great. Big, big bad boy. Bad boy. Uh, Chloe Bennett has joined the cast. Uh, ben Schwartz joined the cast. Phil Lamar. Uh, Sterling, uh, Sterling K. Brown, I always said. Um, David Diggs. Callista Flockhart. Eric Bauza. But Peter Cullen was the final name on the list. Tatiana Maslani. Tim Robinson. Oh, yes. Tatiana Maslani. Oh, yeah. Yes. Tatiana Maslani. Um, and Peter Cullen uh, is, is here, too. Uh, and they, like, make a big deal about Peter Cullen. And then the J.K. Simmons, he should have died at childbirth. Yeah. Y'all, Invincible is an excellent comic. Um, and if it takes two years, three years for every season, uh, and it's allowed to run, like, we'll be watching Invincible for the next, like, 20 years. Because that comic is a really long-running series. Um, the stuff that, that the the comic, the where the comic goes in dozens and dozens and dozens, a hundred issues from now, is so spectacular and so... Like, something only a comic can do. For sure. And that first season of Invincible is incredible. And it is an almost one-to-run adaptation of that comic, right? So, like, it is really exciting to see. Like, they are, like like you said, Ancient Levy. Like, all, they are doing they are doing Invincible right and it, with a better budget and even more celebrity, cam- like, a cameo, a celebrity voices. And I'm like, man, this is just a winner. This just looks incredible. I'm so excited. Like, Mark's going to go through so much shit, that poor kid. Yeah, it looks really great. The same day this trailer dropped, they also released the uh adam eve special uh which is a, a full-length special episode 55 minutes it says um it's just based around adam eve and her in her history her origin um and then see also said that season three has already been recorded which tells you where that where that is in the uh, cool. coming act by the time this series is done it's gonna have the most insane voice cast it'll be everybody yeah. oh yeah show it'll be it's just <laughs> nuts yeah I think this trailer looks incredible. I'm so excited yeah. for the show. All, I'm all ready. the homies are coming back. I'm ready. I love Walter Go- Walton Goggins as like as like a, I forget his name, but like the cool spy guy. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I love that dude. Um, just really cool. Like, um, it, you know, take again, take as much time as you need to make the show look as good as it needs to. Oh, Peter Cullen mm-hmm. is playing an elder Viltrumite, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know the name of. I haven't met him in the comic yet. Uh, so, okay, so Comic-Con, we're done with Comic-Con, but there is still news that will probably come out today as we are recording. There's nothing from Sunday in this news, and if there is things that we want to talk about, we will talk about it next Sunday. Um, yeah. Next Sunday morning, so stay tuned. But let's move on to some other trailers, like Perpetrator. Man, Shudder's making shit. Oh my Man. god, this looks so gross. I love it. That it opens with a like where David Lynch meets John Hughes, and I'm like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. There's some extremely evocative imagery in this, um, and it's definitely going for like hardcore vibes. Um, that I'm opening, so into it. Um, if anything ever makes me feel gross, I'm like, oh, I love, I love it. Give me more, please. That opening sets up a different movie that the end of, that the, that the rest of the trailer is. Oh yeah, because the... it sets up like this sad satiristic like a uh, school uh, shooting drill, um, and then it does vampires like no no it's not vampires but like horrible evil shit just starts happening yeah again yeah like the, the the teen the teen drama dynamics of john hughes and then like the the weirdo uh mysteries of, of a david lynch brain like seems right up my alley um again shutter like it's like week after week we're talking about dope looking shutter movies that should just be in theaters but i'm like hell yeah shutter get it color me intrigued true mech cadets this is interesting animation so this is based on the gene when uh, Jean Luen Young Young uh, story 
that he did at Boom Studios. It's more of a kid's book called Mech, Mech Cadets U. And Netflix mm-hmm. is adapting it into a kid's animated show, Mech Cadets. Actually, it's Greg Pack. Greg Pack. I'm sorry. You're right. Greg Pack. Uh, I think it looks fine. I don't... I'd rather just read the comic. I, don't, I, I, I wasn't in love with the animation. I wasn't really vibing with this one. Yeah, I, I, think, honest. I think the... Uh, I said this to Ryan, but like usually when we have these uh, animated things from Netflix, a lot of the time my my complaint is like a deadness in the eyes, and I don't feel like that's as present here. Yeah, I get what you mean about it being stilted. Yeah, but like um, there's still there's still some like something else working for it that I'm kind of intrigued by. I'm not loving the character faces, but outside of that, there's a lot of stuff in the flow of action that yeah, the robots uh, look I, cool. I think looks really nice, and like the blending between the bond of the cadet and the, the robot animation, like when they're moving inside and then mm-hmm. the, it looks cool. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This will just make me read the comic. Honestly, I think the monkey King. Yeah. I, I like the animation of this one better than Met cadets, but it once again, wasn't really vibing. Same. With it. I thought it was, I, I really liked the animation a lot. I just found a lot of it to be like pretty generic, like, uh, not even like what the plot is like, just like the 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 because I know it's about like the Monkey King learning humility and stuff like that. But like it's like the the dialogue was really generic, kind of like bad DreamWorks, like bad almost like Illumination like jokes and like like. Yeah, I'm sure it's there is a better representation in a different trailer. I hope. I like the animation a lot. Um, I'm just kind of excited to have a Monkey King animated movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's benefited by having a main character who is as as. Um, uh, egotistical and pompous as the Monkey King, mm-hmm. um, which I think leaves an, an opportunity for for good character stuff to happen around him. Um, <clears throat> I, some of the stuff is working for me uh, with as in regards to his character specifically of of the like uh, you she insults him in some way and and then he says and I'm also handsome. If you're going to be critical, be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that kind of attitude with him really works for me. Yeah. But I do like um, the animation. I like that the animation doesn't look like any of the other animated in this realm, like of three D animation. It doesn't look like any particular style from anything else we've seen. Is this Netflix? Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. This is like definitely one of the better looking at like animated Netflix things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just I I'm glad I can't like pick a style that they're aping. That it feels like a wholly different kind of uh, style inside this space. I agree. I think this is coming from a Chinese animation studio. Uh, like uh, we saw with ne- Neja. Uh-huh. Um, there's a couple of Neja uh, movies that came out of China. One of them is on right. Netflix, I think. Yeah. Um, a Haunting in Venice. I'm this one. I'm pretty impressed that it looks like Kenneth Branagh was like, I'm just gonna make a horror movie. This movie, I I saw that first one, thought it was fine. I refused to watch that second one. This looks incredible. And I'm going to be this, really sad if this movie doesn't isn't this what this movie is. I the first one haven't seen the second one, but the second I saw Kenneth Branagh as um the detective Hercule, I forget his last name. Bro. I'm like, thank you. I was like, this can't be what I think this is. Is it? And then it's like it turns into a horror movie. It was like, oh my god, there. What is Damn this? I mean, I really yeah. like I really like the first trailer because it's like, look at this horror movie. Ah, Poro's here. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was good. That, that was a good thing about the first trailer. Um, mm-hmm. But this is like really showing you Poirot is in it and like it's still a horror movie. And uh, it, it does feel very much like I'm it. 
if nothing else, it does seem like just the trailer has told me enough to say that like Kenneth Branagh, whether he succeeds or not, he really tried to make this feel different from the previous. It actually has like style. Yeah, it feels <laughs> it feels like he really took a hand at trying to make a horror movie for Poirot. Yeah. I wonder is he directing this? Yeah, he has to be. I I feel I'm, like I'm, he is, but I want to be I, sure. But, but like, but like you gotta question it because it's like it just doesn't look like the other two at yeah. all. Yeah, Brandon, sure. I'm like 99 percent sure I saw Kenneth Branagh's name in like you know how trailers have those little credits things and it says directed by Kenneth Branagh at yeah, the yeah. very yeah, bottom. Yeah, he is. He is. He is direct. He is directing it. And to that to that point, like I don't believe he's ever done a horror movie before, so I can imagine him just kind of like wanting to go off. I'm trying to think what's a really bad movie. He was in Wild Wild West. Sure, that's a he didn't direct movie. Wild Wild West. Yeah, I'm saying like <laughs> uh, I, I think he just really wanted to go hard on that aesthetic, and I think he's maybe succeeding. I really hope so because this trailer rules. If this yeah. is the vibe I, of the whole actual movie, yeah, I'm really happy to hear this coming from you guys because, yeah. like, like obviously, I'm I, I think I probably like Murder and the Orient Express the most of the th- of the four of us. Uh, yes. Not to say you guys didn't like it, but I I really really liked it um death on the nile i did see it's garbage um right but... you didn't give us any confidence in any reason to see never, never <laughs> and that and like death on the nile did seem to like crush everyone's interest in a paro in a, in a kind of brought a paro film and so it's really cool to see that people are kind of turning around and seeing that I also think this trailer looked really good, but I was I was prepared to be like the only one who thought it was looked really good. And no, I'm glad I'm I not. I really hope that, and lots you know again, I, no one ever goes out to make a bad movie, but like I I hope after these first two movies, he's like I can't just keep making the same like traditional murder mystery. Like like for this next one, why don't I make the horror book into a horror movie? Why don't I actually try to do that? And like like you said, like I think so far, like I think he's succeeding, and like I really hope he can carry it all the way through. And it's not like, I hope this trailer isn't tricking us. That's that's the thing I'm so scared about, is that this movie isn't going to be as spooky and scary as it is. Now, I, I, I will go back to, without spoiling anything from the book, I'm pretty confident, based on reading it a long time ago, yeah. that it does one of those like little, it leaves you a little thing of like, is it real? Is was, it not real? Was something supernatural happening or not? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't answer that question. And I think knowing he can live in that ambiguity, if that is correct, means he can play in this space so deeply and he doesn't have to answer that question. I hope so. So um, we can solve a murder, but also not answer every question about what's going on. And, and I think that'd be really great because he he seems to be taking full advantage of what that allows him to do rather than just playing the murder mystery card, which was part of the point of writing Haunting in Venice was to really break it away from the traditional format. So at the end of the movie, at the end of this trailer, it does say that this is based on Halloween Party by Agatha Christie. It's the mm-hmm. title that's the title of the book. Yeah. Um, or short story. I don't remember which which one. Um the screenplay writer is Michael Green. Um, and I'm going to I wanna I want he, he's written all three of these Poro films. Okay. Um Death on the Nile and 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 Murder on the Express, as well as Jungle Cruise, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Alien yeah. Covenant. Yeah, Logan. Yeah, all right. So, I don't know what hey, happened with this, Death on the Nile. This the Honey Venice has more of a darker tone, and he he seems to operate better on darker tones with Logan and Blade Runner. So, like, this could be the winner we've been waiting for, baby. I'm, he also wrote, I want to be on the Perot train. He won't let me. His mustache is too big. Let me on. He also wrote The Call of the Wild. Oh, he created American Gods. Damn. Oh, that's cool. This was busy. Yeah, good job. Good job, dude. 
Um, all yeah, right. this, this looks really, really good. I, I hope I'm hoping for the best. Um, Haunted Mansion. Uh, I insisted that we keep this one, so I'll just say that I actually do really like this trailer. I think this. I think this is showing off a really interesting way to adapt the Haunted Mansion um, scenery into this movie, which I think the previous Haunted Mansion film failed. Um, and I, outside of the talking heads, which are pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think this is really like adapting kind of like the horror elements that you see in the ride into this in a really interesting way. Um, the candle, the little candle at the, at the end yeah. that blows itself out is very funny to me. Yeah. No, it's a, um, it's a, it's a good trailer for sure. Did I we am... know, did we know Jared Leto was in this movie? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I did not know that. He was, he, yeah, oh yeah. It was, uh, we were bummed I, out because he was, he was, he's the, 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 I always forget his name. The dude with the things, the guy. The hat box. The hat the box, top, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, like, he actually, what the thing, the thing is like, he sounds great, but it's like, you didn't need it to be Jared Leto. Uh, yeah. you know, at least we don't need to see his face. At least we don't need to see his face. Again, like the less Jared Leto is in the movie when he's in it, it makes me happy. Tron Aries. Uh, we get more Jamie Lee Curtis as Madame Leota in this, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I hope this is good. I really do. I I really hope so too because I've been. I, Brandon, you know, I've been dying for a better Haunted Mansion film for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, I just I love how this film looks. I love how, like you said. They're going back to the last trailer where they're doing the seance and then the, the chair is essentially the doom buggy. How there's they are taking things from the ride, but also like turning the dial up to 20 because it's like this is a movie. We could do so many different crazy shit with this now. Um, like the endless hallway and how the hallway doesn't just it's not just endless, but oh, also I really tw- like the the spinning hallway bit. Looks yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking I'm looking forward to this. Haunted Mansion is one of my favorite rides at Disneyland. I'm I'm ready for it. I want it. I agree. Right. Uh, when it's called Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, my uh, the director Justin Simeon. Uh, before this, he directed Dear White People, which people really seem to like. And then he's one of the writers and producers of Lando. Oh, that's yeah. why. That's why he released the. St- that's why. Okay, so he must have been asked about Lando this year, uh, th- this week, then because there was a news ar- item that dropped, which was him saying that he's been done with Lando for like five years and Disney just isn't moving on it. He that's, that's his next credit is Lando uh writer producer. Uh, so like that is just there somewhere <laughs> waiting to get. Yeah. Moved. Apparently he's like, it's done. He's ready yeah. to go, but Disney just isn't moving on it. That's crazy. That's really crazy. Um, uh, I, I I I thought I thought his trailer like was about the same for me. I, it showed more stuff, but like I liked it about the same from the first one, which means I, I liked it. I'm excited to see it. Uh, uh, I, I don't think anything will ever beat Pirates of the Caribbean. I think that's like a lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I I do I do like the, the as far as comedy goes. I also want to spotlight the the bit where Owen Wilson like you guys just aren't scary. Actually, you're pretty scary. Could you turn around? Yeah, that is. <laughs> I think the comedy looks pretty good. I really like the cast. Again, like uh, Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish, you know, I just watched the after party. Uh, like I just, mm-hmm. Tiffany Haddish is great. I can use more of her in my right. life. Dane DeVito. Oh, I love Danny, but I see him every week and it's always Sony. So it's yeah. okay. <clears throat> uh, the creator. I didn't get to talk about the first trailer with you guys because mm-hmm. I was off that week. Um, I think this looks incredible. I'm so excited yeah. for this movie. Yo, man, what happens when you have a director who understands special effects and can make a movie that looks like this for under $100 million? You get the creator. Yeah. 
uh, looks awesome. It very much looks like Rogue One. You see Rogue One, that's what this movie looks like, but it's not a bad thing. Um, I love, I love Gareth Edwards' visual style. Um, it's just a really cool, you know, you know, age-old tale of, you know, uh, what does it mean to be human? <clears throat> I love that shit. It's Westworld. It's that's, that's my brain all the time. Um, uh, very Steven Spielberg's AI. I'm very into it. Uh, yes. We gotta protect this kid. Uh -huh. uh, very cute kid, man. That robot kid is a, extremely adorable. Um, I think this looks great. I think this looks really, oh, yeah. really cool. I really like John David Washington. Uh, and so him teaming up with Gareth Edwards is really exciting to me. Um, yeah, I love the way this looks. I'm, I'm. This is one of my most anticipated of the year, actually. Yeah, yeah. this is a really cool original sci-fi film. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This looks really good. Yeah, uh, I think I think for all of us, when the first trailer came out, it was kind of a surprise of the year. Yeah, <clears throat> that we just didn't see it coming that it was going to be this. Yeah. Finally, the Marvels. I'm so excited for this movie, guys. I think this yeah. is gonna be a winner. I think we got a winner. I, mean, I like. I don't want to. I don't want to get too too overhyped for it because like MCU's been a little under the weather. Um, it's got a cold it's deliveries, but like this looks real good. Yes, I agree with everything that Spark said, and I 100% agree. But I'm gonna go in with cautious optimism. Not to say that I think the movie's gonna be bad, nor do I want to be. Bad. I do not. I want a really good Marvel movie. Yeah, I'm just gonna go in. So far, it looks good. But I'm just gonna. Obviously, we're gonna pass judgment on. It. We're gonna critique it when it comes out. But I'm gonna try and temper my expectations. And I hope when I walk out of there, it's like, oh hell yeah, every, we were right. Instead of being like, man, this sucks. I was wrong. You know, shit like that. I really love this trailer. Um, I love the first trailer. I love this trailer. Um, whoever is on this trailer team, give him a raise because he's. It's these are great trailers. I also. Mm -hmm. Really like that we get a we get a, a, a look at, at Captain Marvel's not her new suit but her new new suit, mm -hmm. and I, I think, think that suit looks awesome. I think the one with I think the really big star great. on it, right? The big yeah. star, yeah. It's like it's like a darker shade too. Uh, I yeah, I really like the look of this movie. Um, uh, uh, Kamala, uh, uh, Monica, uh, they're all like they all just look really like this looks like a really fun movie. I'm sure yeah. there's going to be drama and all thing, but like this trailer is really selling on this fun team adventure with this teenage fangirl and these two like intergalactic saviors like and i really i really like mia DaCosta, so i want to believe absolutely that this is gonna land yeah i i know that this is not the tone that secret invasion is trying to go for i understand that what secret invasion is is, is working towards but when i see nick fury in this i'm like yeah that's the nick fury i kind of want to see i think yeah and he's in this uh, so much more than I thought he was going to be. Same. Just based off this trailer, I'm like, oh, you're like in this movie. Yeah, he's shooting guns. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's on I, a saber I, station with a bunch of different other alien species. And I'm like, we're going to get all that explained in the Marvels and none of that's going to be in Secret Invasion. God damn it. <laughs> um, I, really, I really like seeing the interactions between Captain Marvel and uh, Monica. Um, I, the, the opening sets a really interesting tone with, because like you kind of forget like it's kind of nice that they've remembered that that Brie Larson and Sam Jackson are just in real life friends, but like Carol and Nick are sorry Fury. Oops, scroll, Oops. scroll. Um, so like it's really nice to see them still have that banter back and forth after thirty years. Yeah, yeah. and she has an age today. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm really excited for this. I'm. I really hope. I really hope this this lands. Uh, I think the action. The action looks really great. Uh, I, I said this to you, but like I think it's really funny. Um, Ron Mars, uh, a comic book writer, he created this villain in a random issue of Silver Surfer, like Silver Surfer number 30, like 30 years ago. 
as a one-off villain because I just need a villain for Super Surfer. And now she's the big bad of a big, big Marvel movie. And he's just like, you just never know what's going to land, what's going to stick, what's going to be influenced. Like, it's really cool to see. Will he get paid for it with Marvel? Probably not. But it's still cool that he's like, I created that character when I was young. That's crazy. Like, I always love seeing that. No, we get a we get a clearer look in this of of how their powers get entangled, which is uh, that that Kree warrior finds the other half, the other bangle. Yes, uh, which entangles just entangles their light based powers. The three of them. So Miss Marvel. So like you know, there are probably some people who didn't watch Miss Marvel and like, hey guys, that's a pretty good show. There is some definitely some weak shit in it, but like Kamala in the core of that story is really good. So like, you should check that show out if you like you're interested in the Marvels because like they're, they're they are going to go, go into that stuff and that's really cool. Like that is the interconnected nature of the mcu like paying off in a way yeah i'm really i'm really stoked for this one can't wait same that's it anything else you guys want to bring up Ooh. interesting that doesn't loki come out before captain marvel the marvel it starts before and we had we haven't got any trailer for that one either i think that's interesting. no we haven't because i bet you they're trying to work work around on that trailer with people who's involved in it <laughs> they tried I'm, I'm sure that's part of it but also like they, the promotion for streaming TV shows is, su- is such a shorter window than promoting a feature-length film. That is true. Yeah. Uh, specifically streaming shows because they'll because like network shows will get trailers months in advance, but streaming shows generally only get like a month to like three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, which sucks honestly because it's not enough time. But anyway, uh, that's all the news. Uh, that's the show. That's the Thank show. Thank God. Hell yeah. All right. I love Comic Con, baby. So next week we'll t- we'll prop- we'll wrap up so many Comic Con loose ends that we find that dropped today. But if not, we'll be back next Sunday, next Sunday morning. So stay tuned for that. Of course, there's plenty more things you can check out on this channel if you like this video and you subscribe to this channel. Um, you can check out my audio show Conversation, which is uh, a show where I talk to podcasters about fandom. My latest episode with Rachel Strange is the still the latest episode, but the Andark will be coming this week. I apologize for its delay. Fake Nerds Watch, which is our other show that we do on this channel. You can check out uh, both the, the 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 series on Star Trek Strange New Worlds and Secret Invasion. Um, Secret Invasion will be back at the end of the final episode dropping this week. So stay tuned. Uh, there's Basement Arcade and Basement Arcade Pause Mini are two, are two video game shows. Basement Arcade regular is just a let's play. New episodes of that coming soon. Um, and Basement Arcade Pause Mini is Ben's in a talking show video game talking show uh let's call it that um fake nerd book club uh coming soon we did promise it will it will um nsu station the real score and miscellaneous all have new episodes coming uh so stay tuned for all of that as well as our cinephiles um if the cinephiles is not technically a new show it is still in the same feed that you'll get your figure podcasts in an audio format but in video format check out the playlist uh that is mission impossible dead reckoning part one that's probably uploaded by now if you're w- watching this on the live stream um so please check that out uh very mission fun is a go there yeah, you go a- it's there um and uh coming up we're gonna try and do a review of they cloned tyrone so uh so stay tuned for that yeah uh you can also support us financially on patreon and t public if you'd like to do that uh those are linked below as well as on our website where you can find everything uh out on our web- is on our website at fakenerpodcast.com which is linked below 
Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the rewind. And thank you to everyone who watches the live stream. We greatly appreciate all of your support. We love you guys. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for all the musical themes you heard here tonight and all the themes for every single one of our shows. Uh, you can check him out. Uh, co-hosting The Real Score also. He's also the co-host of The Real Score. I changed my outro a little bit, so it's a little... I'm getting used to the new format. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Bellucci underscore Wreck of Time or his podcast suburban proctologist on instagram at subproc podcast or facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official all written out of course you can find it on itunes wherever your podcatcher of choice thank you to mike batola who did our logos a couple of our logos and uh, a couple of collaborations with us hopefully have have him back on the show soon you can find him at mike batola on instagram and tiktok you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast, FicknerGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for CPR.com, uh, a couple of articles up there, AtomicGeekdom.com, and KaijuRamenMedia.com, Kaiju where you can check out my King Kong, my, sorry, my Skull, Skull, my Skull Island review. Uh, ben, where can people find you? Well, next weekend, you could find me suffering in the hot California sun, but constantly screaming, let's go, because I'll be at Super Nintendo World at Ben McIntoy on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and playing Mary Frankenstein at Dean Dark. Link for the latest episode, episode 35, is down below. Sparks? Uh, you can find me scrambling to keep up with everything else going on at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. And Ryan. You can find me, um, now that I've uh, danced under the lights of Barbie, you can find me contemplating the weight of building the greatest weapon of all time, uh, Oppenheimer, hopefully soon, at DJ Tony Stark 616. Subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice, rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next time you see us, guys. Bye, Comic-Con. Bye, Comic-Con. Uh, bye, bye, all the people. Say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Stay fake, nerds. Bye.